mysterious nature of Luca Downey's heart condition. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca's death and changes made. Luca's mother, Lisa Fregapani, says she felt she wasn't being listened to. Just sent me home, told me there was nothing wrong with him, that it wasn't his heart, he was fine. Just felt as if it was all in my head they made me feel. You know, I just wanted him to be seen. I knew there was something wrong, but... They just didn't listen to me. Meanwhile, the Bedford Mayor, Dave Hodgson, says he's been briefed on the review into services at Bedford Hospital. He says the options include the loss of a full A&D and maternity service, which he describes as alarming. Security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new threat by Islamist extremists. The American authorities have called for tighter controls at some airports flying directly to the USA. Here, the Department for Transport won't give details of the additional precautions, but says most passengers shouldn't experience significant disruption. Road closures have started this morning ahead of the Sonosphere Rock Festival at Nebworth in Hertfordshire this weekend. Closures were put in place on the A1M at Junction 7 for Stevenage at 5 this morning and will remain until 3pm on Monday. The concerts start tomorrow evening. Thousands of people are expected to attend. A Watford campaigner is calling for a safety barrier to be installed around the town new pond and house says there's been several accidents at the town centre water feature which was branded a cesspit by people on twitter she says even the ducks aren't safe we've had two accidents up here already i understand and um, one somebody i know that's witnessed this we've got a we've got an issue here where the steps go right into the water we've got um the birds that have come back the mallards We've got loose dogs. They're going to be going in the water and savaging the birds because this is what they tried to do to the pigeons that are around the area. In sport, former champion Jimmy Connors says Andy Murray should not be written off after his failure to reach the Wimbledon semi-finals. Murray lost to Grigor Dimitrov, but Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are through to the last four. The weather dry and sunny with variable amounts of cloud, a maximum temperature 25 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. <sighs> BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Well, I love living here and I think it's probably the sense of community. And all this week, we're featuring Tring. We're lucky, we've got a lovely big park here, Tring Park, lots of walking. It's the walking, actually, is really good in the canals, it's fantastic. It's all about where you live. I was born in Tring, I went to school in Tring and I worked in Tring. I won't move anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I do, uh, no disrespect to that gentleman, how could you spend your life in exactly the same place, the whole, again, no, no disrespect to that gentleman at all, that's the choice he's made, good for him, well done. I don't know how you could spend your whole life, born in one place, live in one place, die in one place. That's mm. got to be, um... Well, maybe it's just a wonderful... Oh, tr- and Tring. Utopia. Wowzers, man alive. I, I, if I had enough money, I would buy Tring and kick everybody out of it, and I would go for walks um, by the canals. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot do that. But just staying in the same place your whole life? Wowzers. <laughs> morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, including hospital apologises after baby death, mayor fears for Bedford's future... Oh, are we really doing this? This was a joke when I suggested it last week. Matt bangs on about that flipping pond again. Jeez. Catherine, it was obviously a joke when I suggested it last week. Hey, listen. 
Green Pond, serious issue. Oh, he said it looked like bogeys. He did. <laughs> 459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't do drugs, kids. That's all I'll say. Uh, This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you wish to give us a call. Now, a coroner has confirmed that the death of a 10-month-old baby prompted the suspension of children's services at Bedford Hospital. Luca Downey passed away as the result of a rare heart condition in April last year. Hospital bosses have apologised, saying they deeply regret not having made Luca's final weeks better. Well, our reporter, Tony Fisher, was at the uh, inquest in Ampthill yesterday. What uh, what happened? Luca's mum spoke for the first time publicly, didn't she? What did she say? Yes, Luca's mum, Lisa Fregapani, told the inquest that when Luca was admitted to A&E 10 days after birth, she was told by uh, Dr Cadel Raja, who's the consultant paediatrician there, that there were more poorly babies than hers. She said she battled with hospital staff to get assistance for Luca um, when he was admitted on April, the 11th of April last year. 
Um, he was then discharged, which she said she wasn't pleased with. She felt she was not being listened to and no one was looking after Luca. On readmission, when Luca rolled over, they left him gasping for breath. On the 12th of April last year, she said Dr Kadalraja was arrogant towards her and told her her baby was not sick. She felt as though the doctor and Riverbank Ward were fobbing her off. Quotes. On the day Luca died, 14th of April last year, she said she was beginning to feel the whole scenario was a shambles uh, and she accused Dr Kadalraja of being unprofessional. Um, and I learnt yesterday that he resigned from Bedford Hospital in May this year. He told the inquest that he merely wasn't working there. Uh, Bedford Hospital has apologised, have they? Yes. Uh, giving evidence yesterday, the former medical director, Ed Neal, said the suspension of trainee doctors there was partly related to Luca's death. Uh, when asked if he was confident the paediatrics department was safer now than in 2013, he replied yes. He added improvements have been made, including communication within the paediatric ward, and a new paediatric cardiologist will start in July. Um, and he said on behalf of Bedford Hospital, he was very sorry, deeply regrets that they couldn't make Luca's final weeks and months better. Uh, in a statement, the hospital said, following our internal investigation into the death of Luca, we've implemented a number of actions to prevent similar incidents from occurring in the future, focusing on consultant support, referrals, nurse staffing and training. Uh, the coroner, Thomas Osborne, delivered a narrative verdict. What, do, what does that mean, exactly, and uh, what did he say? Right, well, coroners can now give narrative verdict, which instead of just saying cause of death unexplained or, you know, one or two words, they can now tell a little sort of story just to make it more human mm. and try and put a bit more flesh on the bone, as it were. So he said that on four separate occasions at the hospital, a heart murmur uh, was detected, which we heard about. No action was taken. An echocardiogram which is basically a scan of the heart and gives you a, a sort of condition of the heart. That was performed in January 2013, uh, and so a full few months after Luca's birth. A referral was made to the cardiologist at Great Ormond Street Hospital, but due to a system failure, the coroner called it, the referral wasn't acted upon, even by the time of Luca's death, and throughout Luca's life there was a failure to recognise the serious nature of his illness that resulted in a number of lost opportunities to render medical treatment, and he died uh, just before 8 o'clock on the 14th of April from a rare heart abnormality called supravalvar aortic stenosis. Um, that is unlikely in the end to have been treatable. Uh, what else did the coroner have to say? Well, he said that on the day of Luca's death, he said it was a situation that required an experienced paediatrician, but that didn't happen. Uh, we heard that Dr Kettle Raja didn't appear on the ward where Luca was until gone five o'clock in the afternoon that day. Um, there were serious failings in the provision of care, he said, in children's services. Junior staff felt unsupported and out of their depth, which is something we've covered a lot on this programme. He said this is totally unacceptable in this day and age. He went on to say the paediatrician department has improved as a direct result of Luca's death um, and addressing Luca's parents he said there was never any consolation or there is never any consolation in losing a child but he said as a direct result of Luca's death steps have been taken and the paediatric department at Bedford has been improved since Luca's death and in his final words to Luca's parents he said of Luca he's achieved far more in his 10 months of life than many people achieve in their lifetime. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, thank you for that, Tony. Very sad story. Uh, another story that's in a lot of the, the, the papers uh, today is the fact that uh, there will be heightened security at 
uh, airports, well, primarily in Britain and, uh, and the States. We're not quite sure why. There have been hints that maybe there are some jihadists planning to come from Syria and do something naughty. Now, what that means is... Well, they've got, they think they've got some way of uh, bypassing the security systems. Right. Which will means that security will take longer to get through. Yeah, which is absolutely fine, isn't it? Well, it's going to put me off flying. And I'm not flying this summer. Why, anyway. why will it put you off flying? Is it because you're a jihadist? Or? longer to go through security, and right. that really bores me. It does what to you? It bores it me. It bores you. Why does it bore you? I don't mind. I don't mind if it takes... I don't want to stand around, especially if you've got children, for ages oh, yeah, and ages, going through yeah. security. Yeah. I don't mind if it takes five I'd hours. I'd rather not fly. Can I get a word in there, I'd rather not fly. I don't mind if... i it... take the car. Please let me speak. Might go to France. I don't mind if it takes five hours to get through security as long... No, but doesn't that put you off? <laughs> let me finish a sentence! I don't mind if it takes five hours to get through security as long as I don't get blown up on an aeroplane. No, I don't want to get blown up. On an aeroplane? No, I don't want to get blown well, up. Well, then, if that's what it takes, if that's what if that's what it takes is a little bit of extra security... Yeah, but doesn't it put you off flying? No, it doesn't put me off. You're serious about this. You're actually quite angry, aren't you? That The thought that the, the security might take yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. The thing I don't get... No, what? Well, yeah, but it's put me off. So you're not going to go on holiday because of this, because of the security restrictions. Well, as it happens, I'm not probably likely to go on holiday. Oh, right. I'm not going to fly right. anywhere to go on holiday. Okay. The thing I don't get, I don't get the belts being taken off, and I don't get the shoes being taken off, because they don't really look at the shoes anyway. Uh, well, we did have a shoe bomber, didn't we? So I kind of get that, but the belt, not quite sure. Yeah. We've never had a belt bomber. Have we? I don't know. I don't. Know. I can't. Can't explain the. But belt. you think that the uh, increase in security and because this has been happening obviously since nine eleven. So when was that? Two thousand and one. So the last thirteen, yeah. fourteen years. I tell you what. Have you ever tried going into the states yes. at the same time as when a load of other flights come in? Yeah. From say places like Mexico, which is what happened to me because my yeah. flight was delayed. Yeah. It took about three hours. Yeah. Getting into New York is a nightmare. The security. I so want... just when you think you've got to your destination. Yeah. You're there for three hours in some grossy customs. I got pulled off uh, in a room at New York Airport once. Right. In New York? I, went to, I landed at New York, and because it, I'd um, been in Pakistan for three months, ah. uh, they pulled me off into a little room with a load of... Do- and they were, this is not a racial slur, lots of dodgy-looking Mexicans, and I was questioned about my activities in Pakistan. Turns out that's not the best situation to make jokes about why you've been in Pakistan. They don't. They don't no, they don't you. like jokes. But so do they? The, the increase in security we've had in the last ten years, and now that it's being heightened even more, that will put you offline. Well, if it's another half an hour, an hour wow. onto your total flight time. Wow. Well, say you're just flying a two-hour flight. Yeah. That's an extra hour or yeah. so on your life, just standing around. <laughs> You mean this? I guess no, but you know, Tony, you're my phoning topic. I want to get on with it. You're my phoning topic. Is I want to get Fi- in there. Is, I'm glad we don't do a double header. I would, I would quit. Is Tony Fisher off his rocker? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Oh, hang on a minute. That wasn't as smooth as I was hoping. Let's try that again. Do your last line from the script about the the airplanes. I just want to get on with it. Is Tony Fisher off his rocker? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. In Beaconsfield, the Amersham Road has one lane closed just after the A40 for Roadworks. That's been added to normal morning delays as you approach peak times so far. Also in Kingswood on the A41 between the Creighton Road and the Grendon Road, they're building a new roundabout, so we've got temporary traffic lights there at the moment. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.17, it's uh, Thursday the 3rd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested last night in Aylesbury, but a convicted murderer remains at large. Police say they believe he's also in the Aylesbury area. A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10-month-old baby boy who died on the Riverbank Ward in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca Downey's death. And security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning that the United States uh, from the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. Well, it's putting Tony Fisher off flying. Will it put you off? Or are you just happy to feel safe however long it takes to board the aeroplane? 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Copa do Mundo no Brasil. And here he comes, right footed, scores! The World Cup, the quarterfinals. Tomorrow night at five, France versus Germany. Then at nine, Brazil against Colombia. Brasil 2014. Rodriguez, what a goal! In off the bar! Brazil 2014, across the BBC. Boom, 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 boom.
saying all that I was saying something very 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 naughty to Matt off air (laughs) are you trying to put me off before I even start (laughs) when I said uh, last week we had Matt Lockwood um, got angry about a pond Matt's here this morning good morning Matt good morning Uh, uh, when when I said let's make this a regular feature I was joking. <laughs> well, it deserves to be told, this story. I, I'm not sure it does. I think it does. I'm, I'm not sure it does. Well, I think it does. Well, so I, we're going to argue about if this should be on your show or not. I'm not sure it does. Well, I think it should be a regular feature. Well... I've come in this morning well, at this d- time for this. Yeah, we'll do it. I could have been slept, you know, slept in. You could have been slept in, you're right, whatever that means. We'll do it. But I want it to be noted for the record. Right. I didn't mean for you to come in and do it. Really? Okay. Well, you know, this is a genuine issue in Watford. It's well, the it's biggest a... story in Watford at the moment. Well, anyway, you do your script that's, and I'll There's come a lot in. about Watford. Uh, dear, dear, dear. There's a pond in Watford. It's the focal point of a £4.3 million makeover of the parade in Watford. And it was gussied up. I've never heard of that word before. Is that a Catherine word? Yep. What does it mean? It means done up, you know, smarted up. It was gussied up in time for an official open... This is BBC Three Counties, not BBC Stupid Northerners. Oh, oh hang on, sorry, Matt. Oh. Sorry, Catherine. No, I'm not a stupid Northerner. I don't take any offence to that. She's such a clever woman, Catherine. It was gussied up in time for an official opening... Thank you all, by retail guru Mary Portas. Trouble is, it turned green. And you, Matt... I, w- I was gutted... Can I press go? Well, sure. No, that's not right, is it? Yeah. Are you sure it's right? I don't know. I've got Watford Pond clip one. Right, here we go. The old pond was looking shabby, the water dirty, it had been neglected for years. So the idea was to give the people of Watford a pond they could be proud of, a pond that I could be proud of. You wrote this script, did you? I did, I'll yes. read it as it's written, shall I? Yeah. You've been posting pictures of the pond on Twitter. When I saw the pond last week, the water was clear. And then when I went back this week, the pond had turned a bogey green colour. Now, the paving around the pond was covered in bird droppings. The new decking was covered in bits of bread. I could go on, and I will. And no one his dog urinate next to me. You let... An owner let his dog urinate next to you? Yep. Then what you say, I still... Why did we play that clip? So an owner let his dog urinate next to you. Yeah. Um, how did that make you feel as a person? Wait a minute. You're meant to say the council said the appearance of the water would vastly improve after they fixed a fault with the filtration system, but has it? Well, yeah, no, I- I've just gone off the script a little bit. Right, OK. I'm having, I'm having what I like to call, I don't know, conversation. A conversation, anyway. How did the dog 
um, it wasn't just the dog urinating next to you. It was the fact that the owner had allowed the dog. The owner to had urinate allowed the dog to, to urinate next to me. How did that make you feel as a it person? It made me feel very unsettled. You're outraged, aren't you? It meant that I couldn't dip my toes in the pond. Why not? I've been looking forward to this for many weeks. I'd seen this pond. Why couldn't you dip your toes? Being constructed. Why couldn't you dip your toes in the pond? Because, well, because a, a I had a dog, let his dog urinate, had a dog next, urinate to next to me. I had pigeons that were fluttering about all over the place. There were bird <laughs> droppings on the steps. Okay. There were bread on the decking. There were bread on decking. You've heard it in the clip. Well, that, well, that we had bread on decking for tea and we were grateful. Now, well, um, okay, scratch the script. The council said the appearance of the water would vastly improve after they fixed the fault with the filtration system, but has it? So, back by no popular demand, it's our Pond Life reporter, Matt Lockwood. Matt, is the water any clearer? Well, I went back to the pond He's yesterday, this. He's Ian. This. Remember, we were promised... He's reading this as though it's a conversation. We were promised a vast improvement, a vast improvement in the appearance of the water. He's pointing the finger of truth at me. Now, perhaps this new filtration system needs a bit longer to bed in. So the water is still a shade of green. I described it as a bogey colour last week. Now, to be fair to the council, it's a bit clearer. Now the fountains have been switched on at last, all three of them, so they make a nice sound. Page two of the script. But the steps are still covered in bird droppings. Now eventually I rolled up my trousers and had a dip in the pond. Shall I play this clip? So it's a moment I've been waiting for. Finally I can put my feet in the water and the water is a bit cold. It's very soothing. Well, I've just seen a cigarette butt there. I might ask other people if they want to join me and dip their toes in the water. Do you want to dip your toes in the water with me? No. No? No, thank you. You don't, you don't fancy getting your feet in no. that water? Thank you very much. Is no. it too green for you? Yeah. <laughs> if it was a bit clearer, would you put your feet in that water? I'm alright, I'm alright. Are you alright? Yeah. What about this little one? Would you like to go in Watford's Pond? Nah, she's not saying anything, <laughs> is she? Thank you. <laughs> Just ask these people over there if I can persuade them to have another dip with me. Sorry to bother you, don't fancy dipping your toes in the water with no, me, do you? Fine, no, thank you. No, no. no. Not, you're not too enthusiastic about the new pond then? No, oh, fine, but, it. fine, but we're having a business meeting. You're having a business meeting? Oh, stories. Uh, um, I pick up here. You sound so genuinely sorry there. Who has a business meeting He's reading it. outside a nightclub? He's reading this. Who has a business meeting He's outside a nightclub? Who, 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 who writes that sentence they and reads it? They were having a couple of drinks outside the nightclub. The says they're having a business meeting. They were just having a couple of drinks. OK. Anyway. The thing is, right, I've yeah. gone off script now. Yeah, go off script. Well, I've gone off script. In fact, let's put this I've script in the bin. I've gone off you. <laughs> you were worried that people would go in and, and mess around in the pond. I was, and I was concerned that but, but, people... But then, but then, no, but then, no, but then you did, you went in and messed around in the pond. No, I went in to dip my toes in the water. Well, you're not allowed to do that. Well, yes, you are. Who says? Well, there are steps leading into the you pond. You can't just go and walk into a pond. Why not? It's a pond. Exactly, it's a pond. 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 It's a pond, so you should be able to dip your toes in the water. Now, my feet felt lovely. As I says, the water was soothing after I went in the pond. Did you touch the giant heron? Yes, I did. Now, there's a picture... 
on our Facebook page of me touching the giant heron right now. Kelly, you've put it on there, have you? Yes. Yeah, and Twitter. It's already got some response on Twitter. Oh, okay. Kelly. Even, Kelly's not sticking to the script, are you? Lovely. Now, at Buck underscore Carter says it looks like you're taking the giant heron's temperature. It doesn't say that. It says it looks like you're taking its temperature. You well, I'm just clarifying post. that it's a giant heron. At underscore underscore Paul G... <laughs> Is that how you read these tweets, Kelly? Yeah, yeah why yeah, not? Why yeah. not? It uh, says you look like Rodney out of Only Fools and Horses, you plonker. Why are these, these contribute nothing to the show or the story? They do, because the, the, well, the no, comments What they're saying me, is, what Buck underscore Scarter, uh, Carter and underscore underscore Paul G are saying is, you're a Muppet. They're saying I'm a plonker for touching the heron and being in the pond. Well, I think it's a right of passage when you get to a certain age to be able to dip your toes in a pond. Anyway, (laughs) just to reassure the people living in Watford that this giant heron is not an artificial bird that's been genetically modified. No, it is an artificial bird. No, it's not. It, It is an artificial bird. It's not an actual bird. Yes, it is. It's not an actual bird. It's a living plant. Yeah, it's not a it's not a real bird. Anyway, when would a plant not be living? When it's artificial. Anyway, <laughs> we've messed up this script. It's you. <laughs> no, I'm sticking to the script. Why are we doing this as a script? Listen, Matt, c- can you can, can we've got to go to the travel. Right. So, um can we come back and finish this off in a bit? Yeah, Anne House. We'll 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 hear from her after the travel and Who? Yeah, anyway. Alice. Good morning. You're right. Yes, you're right. Have you ever um, ridden a giant heron? Shockingly, no. Okay. I thought about it once, but didn't. I bet you did. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the M1 London bound looking little heavy at the moment just after Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Also in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout, the approaches to the roundabout really starting to build up already. Public transport, that's all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, we'll have part two of uh, Matt Lockwood's uh, take on the pond. Just give us a little tease of what's coming up, Matt. Local campaigner, very angry. This pond is a health and safety nightmare. Thank you very much indeed. I think. Reds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested last night in Aylesbury, but a convicted murderer remains at large. Police say they believe he is also in the Aylesbury area. A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10-month-old baby boy who died on the Riverbank ward in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca Downey's death, and security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States... United States about a possible new terrorist threat. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now Andy Murray in the Wimbledon semi-finals following his defeat by Grigor Dimitrov but Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are through but there were no more heroics from wild card Nick Kyrgios the teenager who knocked out Rafael Nadal more from David Law Whether it was Murray some way short of his best or the talented Dimitrov coming of age the end of Murray's title defence came quickly and emphatically He had a break point in the Bulgarian's first service game but after that it was all Dimitrov who raced away with the first set and held his nerve in a second set tiebreak 
Victory was sealed with the minimum of fuss and Dimitrov now faces top seed Novak Djokovic, who squeezed past Marin Cilic in five sets. Roger Federer beat Stanislas Vavrinka in the other half of the draw and now faces Canada's Milos Raonic, who overcame 19-year-old Nick Kyrgios of Australia. And it's the ladies' semi-finals today. Liverpool have held productive talks with Barcelona over the proposed sale of striker Luis Suarez, but a deal is yet to be finalised. Discussions in London took place yesterday with the Anfield club adamant Suarez will not be sold for less than the release clause in his contract, believed to be between £70 and £80 million. Preparations continue at Silverstone today ahead of the weekend's Formula One British Grand Prix. The Milton Keynes Red Bull team have struggled to keep up with Mercedes this season, but driver Daniel Ricciardo says Silverstone is a circuit he enjoys. One I enjoy very much. I love love the circuit, love the place. Uh, had a lot of good times here, so hopefully uh, keep them rolling. We were quick here last year, so hopefully do it all again. And the Buckinghamshire Golf Club in Denham hosts the Ladies European Masters starting today. Dame Laura Davis and Woburn teenager Charlie Hull are among those taking part. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK. Catherine has joined uh, Matthew and myself. For, in Matthew's studio for the pay per view. I mean, try need to get to the end of my story here. Yeah? I've, 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 <laughs> I've asked him to pass you the papers to look at for the pay per view. He's giving you one. <laughs> he's, he's leaning on oh, the I rest. See, I have. Yes, yeah. Actually, look through those. Keep yourself busy. While I Thanks. carry on with this story. Oh, is he not finished? No, he's not no. finished. We I have another two clips to play. I haven't done the meat of this story. I've done the bread, but not the actual meat, ham, salad, all that you kind of putting, thing. You're not putting butter on it. I put that on before. Well, Ian, that first clip, he put the butter on. Anyway, um, so can you take can you take it from when would a plant not be living? We've done that one. You messed the line up. Well, can you say <laughs> it's all scripted? Oh, I'm just going to carry on. When would a plant not be living? When it's artificial. Anyway. Anyway, Ian, you're, you're missing, missing the, the point. point. I'll get rid of that. Get rid of that. Local campaigner and house whose family has been in Watford for nearly 300 years, says the water features a health and safety nightmare. Shall I press the button? We were expecting something different with the problems that this has brought, health and safety issues that we've got with this, and I would have expected within a week, two weeks, that this would have been lovely flowing clear water. Not. We've had two accidents up here already, I understand. Um, one, somebody I know that's witnessed this. We've got, a, we've got an issue here where the steps go right into the water. We've got um, the birds that have come back, the mallards. We've got loose dogs. They're going to be going in the water and savaging the birds because this is what they tried to do to the pigeons that are around the area because it's a dog's nature to chase pigeons and ducks. And I can see this is what's going to happen. It's not going to be nice for somebody to witness. And one of the accidents we've had is somebody, an elderly gentleman's tripped up. And also before we had the depth of water in there, somebody fell in and hit their head from this side, I believe. This pond. Let me turn the microphones on. This pond is now a health and safety nightmare. Serious concerns. People falling in the pond. Last night I was told a I, toddler might fall in the pond. And no, these health on. and safety <laughs> notices yeah. that were in the pond, where the giant pond. heron was, pond. they've now been removed. Okay, several things. Yeah. The thing about ducks is they've yeah. got an extra axis that they can operate on. What? Right. D- 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 dogs only work on the, uh, the, the, what do you call that one? The horizontal. Axis. Why is he banging on about? Ducks. Ducks can fly, Matt. 
Really? Yeah. Well, not f- fly very so well. So if you've got a big a dog bounding towards you, yeah. Slava, and it's ah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to savage you. Yeah, fly I'm off, don't you? you. Fly you off. dirty rats. But they can't they can't get very far, can they? I mean, In the ducks, sky is quite far. What ducks can actual f- can fly like pigeons? Yeah. Really? Anyway, I still think this is a genuine concern. Do you remember yeah. flying ducks, your mum had on the wall? Never had those things on my oh, wall. That's tat, innit? I mean. Are we anywhere near finishing this tedious story? And it's an, it's an important issue to people like Anne. Right, I'll just, I'll just you're, skip this. You're, you're Anne says the money would have been better spent elsewhere in the town. I wouldn't consider what's down there as much better than what there was before. What should have been done was the lower part of the town. Marks and Spencer's where you've got great big boulders lifting. If somebody fell there, their head would go straight under a vehicle coming up the town. So this is where the work should have been spent. This is where the money should have been spent down the bottom of the town. So £4.3 million has been spent in the wrong place. It yes, should have been spent at the bottom of the definitely. high street, rejuvenating that area, yes. not up here. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And that's uh, lots of people's concerns about it as well. So all this money wasted when it could have been put to better use down the bottom, where it still needs doing. It is a tale, if you like, of two halves of the town now, isn't it? And I, d- I don't think that even when the Watford Live is finished that you're going to get any more people up here than what you did before. Yeah, I mean, one of the justifications for the new pond and the new paving is to attract more people into this area of the town. Do you think that's going to happen? No, no, no. It would have to have been something spectacular. So Anne Howes is not a happy woman. She is a passionate woman. Remember, her family have been in Watford for nearly 300 years. 300 years. So she knows what she's talking about. In the next hour, I'm going to be interviewing, live on the radio, Mayor Dorothy Thornhill. We're letting you speak to the Mayor. I'm going to speak to the Mayor and put these points to the Mayor, see how far we get. This is two hits, is it, this morning? Well, um, actually, we're thinking maybe weekly feature, weren't we? Oh, come on, that was a joke. No, it's not a joke. So when are you going to be back, Matt? You've got to do the outro. I'll be back next Thursday with Pond Life Part 3. No, mate, th- yeah. Catherine, back me up on this one. You know that was guff. Well, people, I've done some research, people like ponds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and people Kells. love a giant heron. Back me up on this. This is ru- You weren't here last week for this. This is rubbish, isn't it? Um. Oh, you're not going to say I'm we should keep it as a <laughs> weekly feature, are you? <laughs> I just think it's the funniest thing I've exactly. ever Exactly. So, Pond Life Part 3, there's many questions next week. Is a giant heron still there? exotic. Is a giant heron still there? It will Has be. a safety barrier been installed? Are the fountains still oh, gushing? Shut up, Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got a paper. I've got a paper. Yeah, I know you've got a paper. Catherine, why have you sent him a paper? I've, I've been got trying a paper. to get him out of his studio for the last ten minutes. Well, he wants to talk about Murray. Oh, for goodness World sake. Cup 2014, special pullout in The Guardian. <sighs> Fall of a champion, exit Murray shouting that's and cursing. That's World Cup, that's, t- that's Wimbledon. Well, it's, it's a World Cup 2014 special pullout, isn't it? Hey. The, rest of, the rest of it's all World Cup, Murray. I mean, look at the state of him. He's such a dull, boring man. It says Matt Lockwood. <laughs> <laughs> says Lockwood. He's such a wow. dull, boring man. Wow. I mean, if you listen to him in interviews, he goes, well, I'm very happy that I'm... Actually, no, that makes him sound foreign, doesn't he? But anyway, I'm meant to do a Scottish accent. I'm very sorry that uh, I didn't win uh, the match. Uh, you know, when Adele was out, I, sh- I should have done it. But uh, my mum loves me, and that's the main thing. So. Be 
beavers. When be- what? <laughs> what? When beavers were spotted swimming in an English river, conservationists were delighted. Yeah. For the first time in 800 years, a family was thriving in the wild. Now, apparently, you might want to do this one next. Right. They're a menace. Ah, oh, there's a pond. They're blamed for threatening. <laughs> oh, there we go. Look, furious officials order put wild beavers they in should the put, They should put some of them in the pond. They'll yeah. the dogs off. Apparently, they're threatening other animals. Have you ever seen a beaver, Matt? No. Never? They're, they're lovely, be- though, aren't they? They have a nice tail that's very flat and round. Do you don't, you don't get beavers in this country, do you? We do now. Devon. Canada. Devon. We're not in Canada, Matt. Are we not? Do you know where they are as well? Oh, You're going to love this, Matt. I'd love to go to Canada. River otter. Really? It's, not, it's, called, a, it's called the otter, oh. but it's got beavers in it. Oh, wow. What do you think? Wow. Matt, one of, Matt, your next story? They build a nice fence, don't they, uh, beavers? Dams. <laughs> Is it dams? Yeah, it's not really... Your a next story, Matt. Daily Express. Murray's reign ends. Now meet te- tennis princess Eugene. Eugenie. Look at her. Canada's five-foot tennis Eugenie Bouchard. Bouchard is a new royalty of tennis. Page three, that's the moment. Bad day at the office ends Murray's hopes of second Wimbledon win. He's doing g- the same story you did before! He's gonna lose Kate Scherzer anguish. Oh, look at this. Prince William can't even, can't even yeah. watch. He's got his head in his hands. How <laughs> embarrassing. Murray, you're a national disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> to Scotland. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dark chocolate, tasty treat, but for the elderly, could help them to walk, according to the Daily Mail. Have we got some more papers here? Yeah, yeah. yeah what we got? That one. Uh, £5 pound off fruit and veg in Morrison's on the sun. That's an advert. Is it? All right, OK. What's your next story, Matt? There's many adverts for different supermarkets in the papers on a weekly a, basis. Should I just play a record? Please. Play a record, yeah. yeah. Go on.
cha cha cha. No. Here we go. What is your obsession with the monkeys? Why do you love them so much? Because they're brilliant. What's your beef with that record? Well, it sounds like Rod Stewart. It doesn't sound anything like Rod Stewart. It does. Well, no, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't, though. Well, to me, it does. Yeah, but it doesn't. Well, if it, to me, it does, it does. Well, but I mean, that's my opinion. You're it? just saying that your, your opinion is wrong. Is it? Yeah. I'm upsetting, am I upsetting you? You're not upsetting me. You're, no. you're I'm peeing right. me off. Right, right. Because you're wrong. Right. Well, and that's annoying me now. What's so good about that song, though? Oh. Kelly. What's so good about music? Do you like that song, Kelly? I really like that song. That's oh, a right. fantastic okay. song. Very upbeat. Why really? are you even still here? Is he still doing the two-way? Well, I, I can't go, can I? I've, I've been locked in here. Yeah, you've not been locked in here. That door doesn't lock. Catherine's... Um, I'm not doing anything. Here. Yeah, yeah. She thinks it'd be funny to wind up here, and so, uh, yeah. Flipping it. Is he going to stay? He's staying. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage already starting to build up at the moment. The M1 Londonbound looking heavy all the way from Junction 10 for Luton down to Junction 6 for the M25. Then the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, heavy going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.47, it's Thursday the 3rd of July. I'm seeing Monty Python tonight. What are you doing? These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested last night in Aylesbury, but a convicted murderer remains at large. Police say they believe he is also in the Aylesbury area. A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10-month-old baby who died on the Riverbank ward in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca Downey's death. And security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. We'll have more on that in a bit. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We're shaping up for a beautiful day across the three counties. We've already got lots of lovely sunshine and temperatures picking up towards the mid-teens. And as we go through the afternoon, I suspect we'll get the hottest day of the year. That's if we hit 27 degrees somewhere. And it is a possibility over parts of uh, the counties, uh, especially the closer you get to London today. So beautiful conditions. A little bit hot for some, maybe, but uh, there will be some fair weather cloud that bubbles up and lots of lovely sunshine into the afternoon. Lovely warm evening to enjoy. A bit uncomfortable for sleeping overnight, though. We've had some quite fresh nights through the last few days, but tonight I suspect temperatures in the spotlight Luton won't fall much lower than 15 or 16 degrees, so it is going to be quite warm. And there will be a bit of cloud cover through the night as well, helping that along. But for tomorrow, well, for the most part, we're going to do it all over again. We'll start with some sunshine. There'll be a little bit of cloud that tries to creep into parts of um, the western um, county, parts of the county, for the afternoon especially. But I think we'll just about hold on to the sunshine and it could be very warm once again we probably hit 26 or 27 degrees through the afternoon but through the evening there will be more cloud in the sky and that will eventually bring us some rain through the night as well uh, we will have some moderate bursts of that but it will be patchy as it goes through so unfortunately it's going to look quite different on Saturday morning lots of cloud around some outbreaks of rain quite a damp start to the day with the breeze blowing as well it will of course be cooler at 22 degrees and then it looks like the sunshine should return for Sunday although though it won't be quite as warm as what we're going to get and I think we'll be looking again at a high of 22 degrees. That's how it's looking so far this morning. 
In August 2011, Batchwood Sports Centre was destroyed by fire. Four men have been arrested following the fire at Batchwood Golf and Tennis Centre in the early hours of Wednesday morning. And nearly three years on, it's being officially reopened next Tuesday by Judy Murray. Judy's been a really big supporter of the project since the fire. As well as now being a state-of-the-art community facility, it also houses a performance centre for tennis. We're really excited to be opening our new tennis courts, new outdoor tennis courts. They'll be live from the new building as we hear from the people behind the project, local community leaders and the people using it. Hang out with us, you know, cardio tennis, knock a ball about, shake some pins for charity. Roberto Peroni. Live from the official reopening of the Batchwood Sports Centre. Next Tuesday from 3 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're back. Looking forward to the outside broadcast. Should be very good. The music was lovely, wasn't it? It sounded like somebody had been murdered. Uh, anyway. Uh, story in the Times. These lovely hedgehogs. Look at them. There's four of them. Look at those little toes and the little spikes and the little ears and the little ears and the little eyes. They look lovely, don't they, anyway? Um, and they're local. Yeah. These two-week... I'm trying to do how he does it, because I can't then read the paragraphs. That's where, that's where I struggle with. I'm oh. not even making sense now. That, I struggle reading the paragraphs. Just try, just try reading it then, instead I of I might just try reading it, yeah. Instead of talking about reading it. These two week-old baby hedgehogs have been nursed back to health after being abandoned by their mother. Les Stalker, the founder of Tiggly, Tiggly Winks... Tiggly, <laughs> see, I can't do it. Tiggly Wink. <laughs> Be careful. Tiggy... Tiggy Winkles at Wildlife Hospital in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> Tiggly Winks! <laughs> Named after the famous uh, Bidrix Potter character, Mrs Tiggly Winks. Well, the animals are being cared for, says the dry weather has meant there's not been enough worms or snails for adults to feed on, and the mother's milk just dries up, so some mothers wander off to look for food and simply do not return. So these hedgehogs basically don't have a mother because they're looking for food. She was irresponsible, that's why. Yeah, the mother was she irresponsible, thought, she, she, yeah. Before she yeah. Had and that was the Tiggy Winkles Wildlife Hospital in Buckinghamshire. Right. Can you save this newspaper review, Catherine? No, Maxine can. Morning, Maxine. Morning, Catherine. Help us, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always joked about people in the south live in the thick end because I'm a, I'm a northern and I'm proud oh, to be northern oh, but um, right. I hear you sister but, but, but Matt is actually making it very hard for me to uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. what's she saying? can you not hear her? I can is she, is she, is she, <laughs> she's, Maxine are you slagging me off? no I'm being polite here Matt <laughs> oh nice so you, you are happy with me on the programme? ask me another question <laughs> oh you're not <laughs> Does she think no, I should be taking no, off the are, airwaves? No, you are. Very entertaining, man. Right. Very right. entertaining. Yeah. She likes you in a funny sort of D- way. Does she? Why don't you ask yep. her what she's called in about? See if you can build bridges here. Go on, Matt. Right, what have you called in about? Uh, about the airport security. Right. Um, I was wondering what, how they're going to tighten it. If, if it's going to be sort of interrogating everybody and strip searches and things like that. It you should be so lucky! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that would put me off. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would imagine that um, it'll just be a bit more of a thorough search, really, that, you, you, that everyone, perhaps everyone will get frisked as they're going through, because it's not everybody, is it? If you walk through the scanner and you don't beep, uh, then you, you're allowed to carry on, so maybe they'll do a, a little personal search on everyone, which would slow things. But would that put you off, though, Maxine? Um, 
a, a bit of a frisk wouldn't put me off, okay, but if they're going to okay. stop you and uh, talk, like, interrogate so you. So you don't mind being touched yeah. up, but you still want to talk to someone? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I, they, they can do they can do what they want to me as long as my aeroplane doesn't blow up. And it, I, I, it sounds like I'm being flippant. I genuinely mean yeah. it. I can I'll stay there all day. It will be an inconvenience. I'll be yeah. I'll be there swearing with the rest of them. But as long as I don't blow up, they can do what they want. Well, well, yeah, as long as you're safe, that is right. But I thought security was meant to be at its, at its tightest anyway. So, oh. yeah. Maxine, maybe <laughs> either either Matt or myself will pop up to Milton Keynes later on and frisk you. But we won't talk to you. Is that okay? <laughs> I look forward to it. Right, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Matt, what would you? What, what are your thoughts on airport security? I don't mind queuing. I do really don't mind queuing. Like if it keeps queue, me you? safe, I don't mind. Have it. you ever been on a plane? I have been on several planes to several destinations. America. Uh, been to France. Imagine Matt in America. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is that it's it is uh, an idiot abroad, isn't it? Really, it's that fish out of water. Yeah. I mean, I like my food, but they do like the food, don't they? I mean, the portions are far too big. No wonder they're all fat. In America. Do you take tea bags with you when you go? No, but I would do if I went over there now. Because they don't know what, you know, English breakfast is, do they? I mean... Get this, Matt. Yeah. My sister lives in America. Yeah. If she wants a Mars bar, guess where she's got to look for it? In the ethnic aisle. Really? You're, real. you're an ethnic. <laughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? Oh, I, I just couldn't live off their food. Yeah. No. They have these strawberry Twizzlers. Oh. They're like uh, candy. But they don't taste of strawberry. They actually don't taste of anything. Gosh. And they're chocolate. They're kind of chocolate, can they? Cheesy. Kind of chocolate. Don't you think? Hershey's what? is quite cheesy. I've never had Hershey's. Oh, well, I'll bring you some back. Oh, Flipping right. at you two. Blimey, it's, yeah. like, it's just like 1976 <coughs> anyway, here. Kids yes, at, Catherine. Kids at a primary school have been banned from playing football during breaks. Why? 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 Health and safety. Foul language. Hey! Governors wrote to parents saying the term long ban came after the pupils also disrespected teachers and ignored the game's rules. Where have they seen that done? Hang on a second. But a parent of a child at Epping Primary School, Essex, complained, I don't think it's fair. The kids are just copying what they see players do on TV. Matt, we've had a request... You see, you do accents as well, don't you, in the paper review? You make it sound so good. Matt, we've had a request yeah. from Scott on Twitter. Could right. you say hello to him, please? Hello, Scott. Is that it? Say, I love you. No, I'm not going to say I love a man. Why? I love men. He's a nice man. <laughs> I love lamp. You well, love what? I love lamp. What's that mean? <laughs> Have you not seen the... Uh, no. That film? No. No? I love lamp. I love lamp. What film is that? Uh, Anchorman, isn't yeah. Oh, yeah. Anchorman, yeah, isn't it? The guy goes in, I love lamp, I love pen, I love table. Okay. You, do yeah. you love man? I love table. I love man. I love table. I love man. I love man. Oh, I love man. Thank you for it. I'm going to win this. This is just awful.
Three Counties Radio. I can only apologise. If you've just tuned in, well, good for you. You've missed an awful, awful hour of incompetent, amateurish northern radio. Come on, Kat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because that sounds like you're clumping me in with it. I, I, I am clumping you in with, with it. I'm clumping you in. What, what do they call the radio up north? BBC Radio Oopnot. Wireless. <laughs> BBC Wireless, isn't it? 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound looking much heavier than normal at the moment on the sensors between junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. On the A1M northbound and junction 7 for Stevenage, the entry slip road is closed until 3 o'clock today for traffic management for the Sonosphere Festival. And then on the M25 anti-clockwise, heavy going between junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice? Yes. When are you coming here? Uh, Monday. Hey! Let's get the news. Here's Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines escape prisoner arrested in Aylesbury. Coroner criticises Bedford Hospital and security tightened at British airports. BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested in Aylesbury last night, but a convicted murderer remains at large. Thames Valley Police say they believe he is also in the Aylesbury area. Searches have been continuing overnight. Justice Secretary Chris Grayling was forced to defend open prisons following the incident. More from Catherine Boyle. The two men absconded from Spring Hill Prison in Grendon Underwood in the early hours of Sunday morning. 32-year-old Ricardo Dunn was arrested in Tame Road in Aylesbury last night. But 46-year-old Darren Douglas, who was serving a life sentence for a murder in 1998, is still on the run. Police say he's a violent offender who should not be approached. Two people, a 25-year-old man and a 41-year-old woman, both from the Aylesbury area, have been arrested on suspicion of assisting an offender. A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10 month-old baby boy who died on the Riverbank Ward in April last year. Thomas Osborne said there was a failure to recognise the serious nature of Luca Downey's heart condition. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca's death and changes made. His mother, Lisa Frigapani, says she felt she wasn't being listened to. Just sent me home, told me there was nothing wrong with him, that it wasn't his heart, he was fine. Just felt as if it was all in my head they made me feel. You know, I just wanted him to be seen. I knew there was something wrong, but they just didn't listen to me. Meanwhile, the Bedford Mayor, Dave Hodgson, says he's been briefed on the review into services at Bedford Hospital. He says the options include the loss of a full A&D and maternity service, which he describes as alarming. Security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. The American authorities have called for tighter controls at some airports flying directly to the USA. Here, the Department for Transport won't give details of the additional precautions but says most passengers shouldn't experience significant disruption.
Road closures have started this morning ahead of the Sonosphere Rock Festival at Nebworth in Hertfordshire this weekend. Closures were put in place on the A1M at Junction 7 for Stevenage at 5 this morning and will remain until 3pm on Monday. The concerts start tomorrow evening. Tens of thousands of people are expected to attend. A Watford campaigner is calling for a safety barrier to be installed around the town's new pond. and Howe says there's been several accidents at the town centre water feature, which was branded a cesspit by people on Twitter. She says even the ducks aren't safe. We've had two accidents up here already, I understand. Um, one, somebody I know that's witnessed this. We've got, a, we've got an issue here where the steps go right into the water. We've got um, the birds that have come back, the mallards. We've got loose dogs. They're going to be going in the water and savaging the birds because this is what they tried to do to the pigeons that are around the area. In sport, former champion Jimmy Connors says Andy Murray should not be written off after his failure to reach the Wimbledon semi-finals. Murray lost to Grigor Dimitrov, but Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are through to the last four. The weather dry and sunny with variable amounts of cloud, a maximum temperature 25 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. So friendly and it's such a lovely, clean, safe place to live. It still retains a village aspect, which a lot of towns don't manage to. It's all about where you live. It's still got those old traditional, quaint sort of activities going on. And all this week, we're featuring Tring. It's just a lovely atmosphere, lovely feel. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. morning this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio I've just <laughs> oh I've just seen what Matt and Luton's called in about oh dear oh dear oh dear I need I need to get my strength up to take that call it's gonna be tough coming up very very busy show this morning we'll be talking uh, about the hospital that apologizes or has apologized after a baby's death mayor fears for Bedford's future We'll be talking to Mayor, Watford Mayor Dorothy Thornhill about the Watford Pond. And are you put off travelling by the security restrictions that are, are in place? They've, they've been quite tight. Well, since 2001, they're going to be a little bit tighter today. Not quite sure why. Our reporter, Tony Fisher, says it's put him off flying. Well, do you agree... Listen, they can keep me at the airport as long as they want. As long as my plane goes roughly on time and as long as it doesn't blow up, I'm kind of... I'll be all right with that. Yes, I'll be tutting and I'll be huffing and puffing, but safety's got to be the priority, hasn't it? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The show has uh, the show has kind of been hijacked a little bit uh, this morning by uh, our northern cousins. I want to say cousins. I mean very, very distant cousins. I don't want to say second or third cousins because then they'd probably want to sleep with me. But they... What? Sorry? No, I think you'd be quite safe. <laughs> oh, but I can't speak for Matt. Well, speaking of, we've had Matt Lockwood uh, on the show. Now we've got Matt in Luton. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Matt, what would you like to say, sir? You're a disgrace, you're sure, this morning. Excuse me? You're a disgrace. I can't believe you've allowed that guy on. And normally, 
I would never go back to Chris Evans, but I'm really thinking about it going back to Chris Evans. Why, why have you suddenly changed and done a crap show like this? You were doing great. You were coming up to Jonathan's standards, and now you've gone backwards again. Why? So I was coming up to Jonathan's standards. How close was I to the standard set by JVS? Very close, because Jonathan is uh, really good. I mean, let's be honest, he is the cream of the crop. Yeah. He's a bit like the Wogans of the world. He's a bit like the Wogans of the world in, in, in terms of hairstyle, yes. Oh, Who's, never mind, he, don't take the mick out of his hairstyle. The man's got personality. In yeah, it. and he's, he's, he's got hair that he can take off at night, and that's fine. And you, 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 I can't believe how you've gone back today. Well, who's le- so I, I was approaching JVS's standard, and that really is a great compliment. I'm a big fan of his work. Whose standard have I sunk down to now? Well, you, 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 Chris Evans, I suppose. Oh. I can't stand him. Right. You're from uh, Oopnaught, isn't it? <laughs> you are, though, aren't you? I'm not from Oopnaught. I'm an Irishman. Well, that's kind of north and to no, the west of it. It depends where you're sitting. Well, <laughs> from where I'm sitting, yeah. yours. I thought you would have enjoyed the regional accents. Yeah. No, I, I don't mind the accent. God bless you. It's a lovely accent, but yeah. I wouldn't like to hear it every morning. Okay. Well, um, I, I can only apologise, Matt, and in many ways I agree with you. Yes. The first hour of the, the show this morning has been absolutely awful, uh, and I blame Matt Lock. Matt, we'll be back in about 10, 12 minutes to interview yeah. the Mayor of Watford. Yes, that should be exciting. Yeah. yeah. But I hope, I hope your standards start to pick up again. Because I do like listening to your show. I'm really really going to do my best, Matt, and I'm going to take that criticism on board. Great, great. Matt, thank you. Maybe give us a call later on or perhaps tomorrow and let us know how it's... See what I mean, Catherine? We've got the flipping pond life. Scrap it. It's a rubbish thing. What? But people like ponds. Madden? Matt what? Madden? You're done, do you, Matt? Yeah, I like ponds, yeah. Oh, what's your beef then, Matt? I like water features. Thanks very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, on to, uh, well, more serious things. It's been confirmed that the death of a 10-month-old baby was the catalyst for the suspension of children's services at Bedford Hospital last April. The coroner found that the rare heart condition Luca Downey was suffering from was unlikely to have been treatable, but even so, it could have been diagnosed earlier, and as a result, there were a number of lost opportunities to provide medical treatment. Luca's mother told the inquest she'd been fobbed off by staff on the Riverbank ward and had to fight to get her concerns taken seriously. Just sent me home, told me there was nothing wrong with him, that it wasn't his heart, he was fine. Just felt as if it was all in my head they made me feel. Mm. What was that like every time you went in and something was wrong and you'd say, please help me in? Horrible. You know, I just wanted him to be seen. I knew there was something wrong, but they just didn't listen to me. And there was one point when they even told you that the baby would be more ill in hospital than... Yeah, catch a bug. Yeah, got take him home, he'll catch a bug. In the inquest you said, in your statement, you said that um, they were talking as if Luca's life didn't matter. I mean, yeah. w- you must have been tearing your hair out. What was, what was it like? What was going through your mind when you were just not getting through to them? Just going home, crying, everything. I just wanted them to... You know, they're there to do a job and they just weren't doing it. They didn't care, nothing. 
do you think doctors need to pay more attention to what mums are telling yeah. you? They're with the child 24-7, they know the baby, they know their child and therefore they should be listened to. Are you satisfied that following Luca's death and the subsequent hospital review that things are safer now at Bedford Hospital or are you still concerned? I hope that this doesn't happen to anybody else <laughs> and that they do put the changes in place. That was Luca's mum, Lisa Fregapani, talking to our reporter, Neil Bradford. Well, Joanne Hughes is from Hitchin and is the founder of Mother's Instinct, which is a patient support group for children and their parents. Morning to you, Joanne. Good morning. Uh, very sad story. What's your reaction to this case? Um, well, straight away, um, here we go again. Um, another parent who has not been listened to, um, who's been left now with um, suffering this sadness. Um, for the rest of their lives. Um, I know from personal experience how hard that is. Um, and I think, you know, we've got to start learning that, that parents are the experts on their own child. And whilst the doctor's the expert in medicine, if the parents are not listened to, consulted with, properly communicated with all throughout, then you're just not going to get optimum care for that child. Uh, now, the coroner said it, 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 due to the nature of Luca's condition, it's unlikely that his life would have been saved, but he certainly would have been treated and, and his life would have been more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what, what, what is any parent of a child that they've lost going to want to be able to say? They're going to want to know that their child had the best possible care in their life, that they were pain-free and that they've had a peaceful passing if that has had to happen. And Luca's mum can't say that, can she? Uh, it, it's in, uh, uh, as a parent, I you, you kind of do know when your kids are ill, and you do know when something is wrong. And when my my youngest had a, um, a, a, a problem with his kidneys and his bladder, and the doctor kind of said, "Oh no, no, it's fine. He's just got a cold," and, and, and we ignored yeah. that and went to the hospital, and they took it on board. But sometimes, as parents, we do get it wrong, and we do think that that, that we, we build up something that's minor into something that's bigger in our heads. So doctors and, and, and medical staff they can't always act on the, what's being suggested by the parent, can they? I think that they've got to act on what's been suggested by the parent and investigate, and they may find that the, the parent is wrong, um, as you've just said, um, and that will be reassuring for the parent. But what we've got too often is no action at all in response to parents' concerns, and that's where deterioration in children is not being picked up, and we're having unnecessary deaths of, of, of beautiful little kids. So how would you like to see things change, Joanne? What, what would you like to see happen? Well, um, as a result of um, my daughter's case, there were lots of learning outcomes that basically were just looking at communication, communication between parents and medics and communication between the medics themselves. And I know from Luca's case, she had a, a, another centre involved too and there were communication failures there. It seems that communication is central to everything um, in these cases. So every written document I think parents should be allowed access to to check that what they're saying is being recorded accurately. I think that decision makers for children need to be making sure that they've actually seen the children and spoken to the parents. And I think that 
um, doctors must start taking note that if a, if a parent is particularly concerned and keeps coming back about the same concern, then that should be a red flag that they need to be investig- investigating it. We always hear, I mean, you, you talk about your story, which we've spoken about before, yeah. and, and, and yeah. Luca's story. We always hear, ah, less, lessons have been learnt. Oh, lessons yeah. have been learnt. But yeah. uh, d- d- does, that, does that give the parent who's lost a child any comfort? And do you really believe that, that lessons have been learnt? Or is it, you know, things will be better for a little while? I think what needs to happen is rather than telling us that lessons have been learned, they should be publishing exactly what investigations have gone on, what changes have been made and how those changes are going to be implemented and how they're going to make sure that that that, that, that remains and that all the staff are doing you know what they're supposed to be doing and um, that should be a published public document um it should be made clear that it's in relation to, to to the death of the child and um i know the coroner said in this case that this little boy in 10 months has achieved more than many in a lifetime um that that is a tribute to that child that, that changes have been made as a consequence so i think all of that publication should happen um as far as um believing that the changes have made i think that that again that comes from publicizing exactly what it is and then having people going in and checking like the cqc mm. well john uh you know i'm sure at some point in the future we'll we'll, we'll talk again about a very another Sadly. another sad story and, and, and yes. hopefully you know one day that will come to an end and we won't have yes. to speak to you anymore let's hope so in, I, say that, <laughs> I say that in the most polite polite possible way joanne thank you it's joanne hughes from hitchin founder of Mother's Instinct. Right, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M northbound Junction 7 for Stevenage, the entry slip road is closed. Also, the southbound exit slip road is closed for traffic management for Sonosphere Festival. Those closures ongoing until Monday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The M1 London bound, much heavier than normal between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. Also got some delays around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. On the M25, anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 18 for Chorley Wood and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.16. It's Thursday the 3rd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested last night in Aylesbury, but a convicted murderer remains at large. Police say they believe he is also in the Aylesbury area. A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10-month-old baby boy who died on the Riverbank Ward in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca Downey's death. And security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's just so friendly, it's so friendly. Quite a, an attractive, historic, traditional market town. And all this week, we're featuring Tring. And Tring is totally surrounded by an area of natural beauty. Just an easy-going feel about the place. Inviting everyone to where you live. A lovely atmosphere, lovely feel. Everyone's very helpful and kind. It's a place on its own. It's rather special, I think. If you've got a story everyone should hear, 
hear about, let us tell them about it. What you see is what you get, and that's what I like about it. It's an honest place. Very pleasant, attractive, rural, provincial town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I won't move anywhere else. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Let's go to Cheryl. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Ian. What can I do for you, Cheryl? Well, we just rang up in support of you, really. Oh, oh, hang on a second. This sounds sounds positive and promising. Uh, What what would you like to say? Well, we were quite upset that that um, last caller was quite rude. Oh, Matt was was very rude, wasn't he? Yeah, and we think you're great. It's not... He did have a point in as much as the first hour was kind of overrun by northerners... There's nothing wrong with northerners. Well, you say that, Cheryl. I think you're being polite. I think you're being polite. <laughs> well, who, are you, who, are you, who are you with? I'm with my friend Sandra. Morning, and we're on... Sandra and Cheryl. Where are you going? <laughs> we're going to Watford General Hospital, where we work. Beautiful. Uh, Sorry? Lovely Watford. Ah, well, you you've, must have seen the pond then, Cheryl. Um, well, we go past there, yeah. um, and it's taken ages. Do you think it's taken too long, Cheryl? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think it looks like? Uh, no, Matt. We'll go in past it. Um, okay. It's nothing sort of mind blasting. No. Okay. Cheryl, okay. Th- listen, have a lovely day. Keep on doing the good work that you do, Matt. Please. Right. Please. For goodness sakes. Uh, what, okay, you're here because you're going to do this next interview, aren't you? Am I? Yep, you are. Okay. Uh, a Watford campaigner has branded the £4.3 million makeover of the parade a complete waste of money. Comes after the new pond, the focal point of the development, had to be repaired just days after its official opening by retail guru Mary Portas. The friends of Water Pond told us the count. Uh, what, uh, Water Pond or Watford Pond? Watford Pond, Thank that's you. a mistake. Yeah, OK. Told us the council had been in a rush to get the project finished in time for her visit. So corners were cut. This is a, a, this is genuinely, if we're having a laugh, but this has genuinely annoyed you, hasn't it, Matt? It's genuinely annoyed me, and I think a lot of people in Watford, they were promised a, an, a pond that they could be proud of, and many people think that they haven't got that, uh, and that too much money has been spent. OK, well, you, uh, we're joined now by uh, the Mayor of Watford, Dorothy Thornhill. Matt, maybe you'd like to put some of those points through. Good morning, Dorothy. Morning, morning. Nice to have you on uh, on the line. Thank you Thank very you. much. I'm going to let Matt have a little chat with you, because Matt of is course. a Watford resident, and he is genuinely Hi, upset Matt. by this. Morning, Dorothy. Hi. Were corners cut to get this pond ready for the Mary Porter's visit? No. Um, what, what didn't happen as a result of the Mary Porter's visit was that the normal site checks of everything weren't able to be done in time. Um, had Mary not been arriving on that day, and to be honest, you know, we were at the mercy of her timetable, we couldn't say, can you come back next week? Um, why not all get the this pond ready properly Sorry. before Mary Porter's visit? Um, because we had the wettest winter on record, and for uh, three weeks during the winter, the work wasn't able to carry on. Um, the pond was always going to be a question mark over what happened when we actually drained the pond, took the lining out and everything else. That was always going to be a question mark over what we'd find and how long it would take to when do it. When should this that pond have been finished, thing. Dorothy? Um, it should have been finished at the end of May. And so it was finished? It's three weeks late. Three weeks late. Yeah, but still under budget and any costs and things are actually down to the contractor not to the taxpayer. How much does this pond cost? Oh, four million, as you know. The pond has cost four million pounds? No, the pond hasn't cost that. The complete refurbishment from the top 
of the town to the flyover has cost that. So how much does a pond cost? Oh, I, I wouldn't like to say what the pond... I don't go and isolate every single... Why don't you say how much, how the, pond much, has, how, how much the pond how has cost? Because the pond was there already, and Watford residents made it absolutely clear to me that they wanted the pond to, to continue, but to be improved. Yes, I mean, but Matt, this was a focal point of the development, so how much did that pond cost? I mean, uh, you know how much the rest of it cost, total but... total development. I'm ever so sorry that I can't tell you specifically what the pond cost. I'm not asking for if a specific... If you want me to, I can absolutely find that out for you. Perhaps can you, you find out how much it cost? Me. The whole project cost four million. I, I'm um, not asking for specifics, though. I mean, did it cost more than, say... Do you want to get on to something else rather than that? Because I have said what the total cost was. The pond is actually beautiful. Um, it was an absolute cesspit before. It was revolting. It was the top pl- part of town that people said they were most embarrassed and ashamed of. But after um, this pond opened, Dorothy, it was called a cesspit on Twitter, so... No, one person, one person actually said that. Yeah, and but you can't be proud that one person called it a cesspit, um, no? What I've learned, Matt, in this life is there's probably about 10% of people who, no matter what you do, um, whatever you do, they don't like it. Yeah, but they had there a point, people, didn't they? Because um, the water was green. Well, anybody who's got a pond who's be out there will be saying, that's always what happens. You get algae bloom. That's exactly what happens. The filtration system, when we put the fountains on, um, didn't work as it should. Why They've was that? now worked at it. Well, you have to ask the German engineers that built it and the company that put it in. Yeah, but this is uh, your pond, Matt, yeah, uh, Dorothy. Matt, I think, if you honestly think that in your life, every Every single thing you've ever done has actually worked first time. I'm sure, you know, I've tried to do a DIY of erecting a cot for my child when they were born. And it didn't quite look like the cot in, in, the, uh, in, in the Ikea brochure. Um, it was a slight hiccup, that's all. Um, so, so, so really we haven't got a pond It's really interesting that you're focusing on one hiccup that was a result of not being able to do all the necessary checks in order for an opening because we've had a rotten winter. Why don't you concentrate on the 80,000 people who loved that space in the last two weekends and were at Imagine Watford? Of the national press that we've had, good national press, instead of stuff about the drinkers and the top of the town, we've actually been in the national press for good reasons. We've actually got businesses starting up on the parade instead of the dereliction of years. I'm really sorry that you feel that disappointed about the pond, but you are are in a minority, Can I play and you I a walk clip? up and down there. I'm absolutely certain, Matt. If I'd have known that you were going to play me a clip of somebody being miserable and naysaying, I would have gone and got out a clip of somebody saying, "Best thing you've done." Good thing to spend my council time. Can I play you a clip? We can play this. Ping can I play pop? you a clip? No, because why can't I, I play you a clip? Because. I haven't had the opportunity to go and get a clip and play things. Wait Matt. a minute, come on. We've invited you onto the programme to talk about the pond. You've said that it's a great idea uh, and it's good for the town. Maybe it is. I'm just saying that there are certain people that have raised a few questions. Can I play this clip from Anne Howe? She's a local campaigner and she says that £4.3 million has been spent in the wrong place. Have a listen a lot to this. Of people come up here, youngsters for the nightclubs, but apart from that, you know, people my age and over, they come up for same. We've lost our shops. We're battling to save our shops up here. And as I've already said, we've lost two charity shops, another one on its way. So there is nothing. We need all the shops brought back to Watford up at this part of the town. If not, there's going to be nothing. 
I, I think what she's tried to do, basically, Mrs Thornhill and the council, is turn it into a European town where we've got all the bars outside. It's been widened, apparently, so that all the tables and chairs can come out further. It's not actually for the benefit of the people, you know, the local people. It's actually for the bars and the clubs that are up here. How do you respond to that? Anne, who do you think are actually sitting, putting their bums on those seats in the town centre? It's Watford residents. The age profile of the people who've been up the town during Imagine Watford is everybody from senior citizens to young children sat on the ground in the new space that we've created, absolutely captivated by street theatre. And she's absolutely right. Why do you think we spent that money? It was to bring the shops back. The Oliver or the Boot or the artichoke or whatever incarnation you know it, it's actually going to be opened again. There's, there's already two other shops that have already been taken and they're going to be open again. The precise reason, Anne is dead right in her analysis of what's wrong, but actually wrong in her diagnosis of how to fix it. Spending this money on the pond will bring people in. I can't buy shops. I can't spend 4.3 million uh, buying shops. What we can do is spend 4.3 million making that an environment that people will want to come into and want to invest in. It's only been open a couple of weeks and already uh, it's happening. Yeah, but this money's been spent in a place where there are lots of bars and clubs, so how is it going to bring in you know, new shops to the town? Because there are empty shops in the town, Matt. Yeah, but where the new pond is, it's all bars and clubs. No, it's not all bars and clubs. It is. And to be honest, there is nothing wrong. You say that as if the young people of Watford have got no stake on Watford. Is this about encouraging more young people into Watford? There is nothing wrong with bars and clubs. What it's about is actually having a 24-hour economy. It's about walking down there at lunchtime and chatting to elderly people who are now sitting on the side of the pond and actually enjoying it. It's about chatting to the students as they're walking through the town. It's about watching the workers coming up from Clarendon Road and having a glass of wine at the end of a a day's work. Um, You know, I'm sorry, I'm absolutely staggered to have actually done something that's already, you know, visibly improved Watford, already attracting new businesses into Watford. Um, But as I've learned in this job, we're never going to please please everyone. Dorothy, well defended. This is Ian. Thank you, Matt. Uh, How many new businesses has it attracted in? Well, we've already had two, and we've got, uh, and the Oliver is the latest one. That's going to be great if that's the case. Slow progress, but it's happening. Well, listen, if if we get more business in, then that has to be a good thing. Just just finally, before we let you go, and you've you've done an excellent defence of it, Dorothy, you should be very proud of yourself. Uh, Just just to go back to a point you made earlier, do you know the specific breakdown of how much the pond cost? No, I don't. Could could you find out for us? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. I haven't had it like item it's a bit like you get your new kitchen done yeah. and you have to say, well, what did the sink cost? Yes. What did the cooker? I haven't memorised that. Dorothy, so sorry. excellent stuff. Thank you very much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. Bye. There we go. That's uh, the Mayor of Watford, Dorothy Thornhill. Uh, Matt Lockwood. Cracking stuff. We've got some answers and hopefully we'll find out how much that pond cost. I think it's a reasonable question to ask. If yep. you've spent £4.3 million pounds on the parade yep. and the pond is central to that, they must know how much that cost and then people can decide if that was a good use of taxpayers' nope, I think, money. I think that's a good question and I, I think uh, Mayor Thornhill is going to uh, come back with the answer. Matt, thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors at the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound, already very heavy queues approaching the roundabout. 
Also on the sensors in Mark Yate, the A5 Redbourne bound heavy going at Luton Road. The M1 London bound slow going between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. Also some delays on the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow with queues in places between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I thought they both did brilliantly there, Matt and Dorothy. They both put up a, a, a good tussle. Uh, if you know the area, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, do you know what? I've not been to Watford for a little while. I need to go and have a look at this myself. 08459 455 555. And with increased security being introduced at airports today... Are you happy to wait a little bit longer for your flight to pass through security? Or does it, like our reporter Tony Fisher, does it put you off flying? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested last night in Aylesbury, but a convicted murderer remains at large. Police say they believe he's also in the Aylesbury area. A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10-month-old baby boy who died on the Riverbank ward in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca Downey's death. And security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Former champion Jimmy Connors says Andy Murray should not be written off after his failure to reach the Wimbledon semi-finals. Murray lost to Grigor Dimitrov, but Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are through to the last four. And there were no more heroics from wildcard Nick Kyrgios, the teenager who knocked out Rafael Nadal as he lost to Milos Raonic. Connors says there's plenty more to come from Murray. Come on, he's 26, 27 years old, please. I mean, you know, don't tell me that, you know, that he's getting old. That's impossible. But he's won Wimbledon, he's won a US open and by the looks of it I mean he's not ready to give in come on and and the success that he's had has been spectacular over the last couple of years so to write him off would be terrible terrible thing to do and it's the ladies' semi-finals today. Liverpool have held productive talks with Barcelona over the proposed sale of striker Luis Suarez, but a deal is yet to be finalised. Discussions took place in London yesterday with the Anfield club adamant Suarez will not be sold for less than the release clause in his contract, believed to be between £70 and £80 million. Preparations continue at Silverstone today, ahead of the weekend's Formula One British Grand Prix. The Milton Keynes Red Bull team have struggled to keep up with Mercedes this season, but driver Daniel Ricciardo says Silverstone is a circuit he enjoys. One I enjoy very much. I love love the circuit, love the place. Uh, had a lot of good times here, so hopefully uh, keep them rolling. We were quick here last year, so hopefully do it all again. And the Buckinghamshire Golf Club in Denham hosts the ladies' European Masters starting today. Dame Laura Davis and Woburn teenager Charlie Hull are among those taking part. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's um, a busy old show this morning. If you do want to give us a call, you can do. What are we talking about? Well, the pond in Watford certainly was a feisty uh, exchange between Mayor Dorothy Thornhill and uh, our reporter Matt Lockwood uh, over the state of the pond. 
Um, if you're familiar with it, give us a call. Let me know what you think. And also, there's heightened security at airports today. Why? We don't quite know. There's been a tip-off. Where do they get these mysterious tip-off shops? Is this what they get from monitoring people's emails and things? Uh, and I was talking to Tony Fisher, <clears throat> our reporter, early on, and he says it's put him off flying. The, 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 the weights uh, were long enough before, since uh, 2001, September 11, where you, you would take hours to get through security. Don't take that long. Uh, and that the longer weights that will now be introduced will put him off even more. I don't, the fluids thing annoys me oh, a little right, bit. Then. The fluids thing. Well, yeah, because you get people saying that actually... It doesn't make any difference. The well, weird, the weird thing is, you can buy things on your way. You, you can way through. You can, you can. Uh, the weird thing is, if you got um, uh, baby's milk, they make you dra- randomly sip some of them. So you could still probably get. I don't want to give uh, you know ISIS any ideas. I'm sure they, they don't need me as their their their, their um, master inventor. But you could still st- get stuff through. I don't quite understand why two. Is it 250 milliliters? Why if you've got 300 milliliters, that makes a difference. That makes a difference. Mm. And boy, oh boy, have I lost some expensive aftershave at uh, airports. Have you? Oh yes, oh yes, indeed. But did you have yes. any hand luggage though? Uh, if I'm just doing a short flight, yes. Oh, so you can give yourself a little spritz when you land. You know it, baby. Oh, you like to keep yourself tidy, I'm, don't you? I want to smell smart for the scotch, you know. Kelly bats. Do you know what I do sometimes? Yeah, I do, and I think you shouldn't mention it on radio. OK, shall I mention something else? Yeah, please. I spray all my clothes with the perfume so that I don't have to take it through. Oh, Kelly. And then when I lift it up, it all smells delicious. What, what do you mean? She pre-spritzes. Pre-spritz. You could put it in your suitcase. What, the perfume? <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You can. Yeah, you can, mate. Mine got taken off me. No, in your suitcase you can put it. Not in your hand luggage. Oh, yeah, that's the fella. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course you can. Oh, well, then I'm... That's what I'd say. That's, well, that's, I got the uh, uh, alert cord pulled on me once. Why? Because I had a little sewing kit in my bag. My button was coming off, and I thought, I'll just stick that in and I'll sort it out yeah. when I get the other side. Yeah. Stupid, the scissors. Yeah, can't take they scissors. They were tiny, though. I would have had to really go at someone with those. Well, you could get them in the eye. True. You could blind a pilot with a tiny pair of scissors. Yeah, they were still quite Easily, pointy. easily. Yeah, I felt such a fool. Can't. But I'm willing to go through that if it means that we feel safer. I don't know what they're looking for. I'm quite happy for them to look for it. I was thinking what I'd do if it kicked off on a plane. You always like to think you'd be the big man, and yeah, I'll take, I'll take him down if... Uh... Do you know what happens? Go on. People look the other way. People complain. What if but it, they don't do anything. What if it kicks off on an aeroplane? My sister used to be cabin crew, and it happened a couple of times. What if a fella... What, what happened? They had to restrain someone once, and people complained what? that it was cruel. Hang on, why did they, rest- why did they have to restrain... Was he trying to get into the cockpit? Uh, because, well, he'd assaulted one of the staff. Yeah. He was drunk and disorderly, and he wouldn't stay in his seat. And so, so he was restrained... But they didn't see that she'd, they'd, uh, he'd assaulted one of the staff, because it happened in a galley. I like to think I'd be... Um, that's uh, French for uh, cookery. I like to think I'd be the guy that would whisper to the guy next to me. I'd be in the aisle seat, and I'd whisper to the big American guy in the aisle seat on the other side. Hey, listen. On my signal. Are you, are you, you, if this kicks off, are you in? I I always like to think I'd be that guy. I wouldn't, I'd be, I would be the guy that has the eye mask on and pretends to be asleep while it was happening. See, it plugs in. Yeah. But I do, I hey, if this kicks off, are you in? Yeah, man. Okay. On my signal. And then I'd give the signal. Which would be get the turret now, oh. and then we'd um, jump forward. The thing is, though, it's because it's such a narrow space. It's such a narrow space. Yeah. Who am I speaking to? Yeah. Who knows what would happen? Hopefully, 
Someone would do something. I saw what was that film about the uh, about the, the September the eleventh? Oh, the United. Yeah. That, oh, I saw that. I saw that, but I saw that the week it came out at a midnight screening in New York City. Oh my goodness! Wow. That was charged, wasn't it? Wow. Well, first of all, because there were, there were there were lots of um, scenes of um, Muslim practices, like shaving themselves and things like that, mm. and so there was there was laughter at those, like big ah. <laughs> That's how they're dealing with it. I That's guess. how they're dealing with it, and then the, right at the the very end, when uh, the plane goes down, okay. sat in a silent New York cinema about half past one in the morning, silence, and then just in the background you hear. I'm not surprised. It was the one of the most powerful cinema experiences I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. I've ever had. That's kind of what I mean, the film itself. It's not a great film, but uh, it was. We, oh, we, me and my it, brother-in-law went for the experience. It's such a hard film to watch, though, isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 um, it's a tough old film to watch. But uh, being being in New York City was uh, was the place to do it. Uh, let's go to Simon. Simon. Morning, Ian. Morning, Simon. What have you called in about? Well, what you were talking about about the amount of liquid you can take on board a flight. Oh yeah, go on, on go an go aircraft. On. Yeah. Well. I'm a, I'm a firefighter, and I was up at the fire service college. Uh, uh, hazardous materials yeah. uh, course. And we made a substance called TATP. I won't say how it's made. Um, no. Its nickname is Mother of Satan. Oh, blimey. <laughs> yeah, nice, yeah. Quite and explosive, then, is it? Uh, we, made a, we made a powdered version the size yeah. of a paracetamol tablet, yeah. wrapped it in tin foil and heated it, and you could feel the shockwave 10 feet away. Wow, really? Yeah, wow, yeah, wowzers. And the thing is, if, if you have the constituent parts of it in liquid form, you can mix the liquids together, shake them up and wallop. But, but, but then, uh, you're allowed to, uh, up to 250 millilitres or 200, whatever it is. You, you could still do that, though, with, with, with 200 millilitres, couldn't you? I don't, I don't think anything, you'd need that kind of mm. amount of it to, to actually okay. make a sizable hole in an aircraft, I suppose. Right. Um, but that's why they keep, that's why they're so tight on the limits um, because people can make liquid explosives. And I'm guessing, again, uh, you know, I, I, I'm guessing this TATP, I could probably go and Google that now, could I? You, you could probably see how to make it on the internet, yeah. That's nuts, isn't it? That's terrifying. It's absolutely crazy. It's terif- it is terrifying. Um, there, there, there was some uh, YouTube footage of some American making it yeah. and um, blowing their own hand off with it, which was quite amusing. Well, that'll learn them, won't it? They won't be doing <laughs> yeah, that again. We'll learn them. They, they literally yeah, won't a, be able to do that it again. Was, it was a Beavis and Butthead moment. They were um, giggling away. <laughs> are you... Oh, really? They were like a couple of teenagers having a laugh for the same... Literally, yeah, they literally were. Yeah, they, they made some in a Coke bottle and they, they shook it, agitated it, and it went bang. Yeah, it's hardly the same <laughs> as putting uh, Mentos in there. I, I, I'm guessing then, Simon, <laughs> you wouldn't be that bothered about having to wait an extra hour, hour and a half at security to get through, because you, you, you know what could happen i turn up earlier yeah this is this is the thing and i would be you know i I huff and puff and i tut when there's a long queue at security and if it were even longer because of this stuff today i I, you know i'd be flipping it blimey but you turn up earlier as i said and i I don't mean this to sound flippant as long as my plane don't blow up you 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 keep me there as long as you need to keep you search me as much as you need to search me i'm not bothered i think so so i think so keep up the good work thank you very much indeed <clears throat> there can't be anybody. I mean, Tony Fisher, and he's genuine in this, it's, it's put him off flying. Is there anybody else listening who would be put off flying if it was extra security at the airport? If you had to wait an extra hour, hour and a half, two hours to get through security? Are we all tut? Are we all, oh, we've got, we've got to take our shoes off here. 
Oh, well, we didn't at the other airport. Yeah, you know, and OK. Some they allow you to, if you've got your baby in a pushchair and they're asleep, they allow you to just keep the baby in there. Others, you've got to wake the baby up, yep, you've got yep, to fold yep. the pushchair down. Oh, well, I've, I've never been allowed to take the pushchair through. You've always got to fold I it I was up. once in Spain, but in Spain they don't care. Oh, man alive! In Greek airports, they couldn't give a no. monkeys. No. They couldn't give a monkeys. They don't even look at your passport. They stopped us once, though, because our hand luggage had a lot of nappies in it. And they opened it and they went, what is this, nappies? Yeah. And I said, yeah, OK. Yeah. They zipped it back up again. They didn't yeah. even check. There's a, a brilliant book by, um, uh, who's the grumpy, the really grumpy um, man who does uh, Radio 4 and does Mastermind and narrows it down? Not John Humphreys. Humphreys. He's written a book with his son about how they built a house on a Greek island. It's a brilliant, really good book, actually. And um, his son was coming back from Greece to London and he'd forgotten his passport, right? And the Greek said, oh, we can't let you through. And he said, oh, I'm, a, I'm a cellist, and I'm, I'm playing with this famous Greek singer. Oh, yeah, no, OK, fine. You, yeah, go through, mate. Good luck. Good grief. Yeah, it's incredible. The Greeks, the Continentals couldn't give us stuff. They can still travel on their identity cards, though, can't they? They don't need passports. I think so, something like that. But he was a British citizen, so, wow. yeah, crazy. I've what? heard of people travelling across countries yeah. with someone else's passport. Yeah, 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 I can believe that. I can believe that. Kelly, you've, you, I can genuinely believe that. I realise that sounded sarcastic. Kelly, w- w- what happened to you? What did you? Why did you get stopped? Um, I got stopped because in my bag it looked like I had a knife. Right. I didn't. And they took out, they opened up my bag, they had to rummage through it. What was it that looked like a knife? It was a keyring that I bought for my friend as a joke in the shape of something rude that men have. What? What, what, pointy fingers? No, women have pointy fingers too. Big noses? No. Willies? Bingo. Aye, there we go. Just played Willy Bingo live on the radio. Are you listening, BBC Local Radio? This is what is demanded of you. 08459 Where's Have we spoken to Just yet this We're morning? We're about to. He's going off. Where? Can't tell you that. Oh, is it top secret? It's top secret for now. Is he on a top secret mish? He's on a slightly top secret mish, but it'll be less of a secret in about five minutes. Hey, that's exciting. That's exciting. Should we have a look at... Let's have a look at the three important front pages. Although, where's... uh, Where's my son? Here it is. Oh, dearie me. The Daily Express. Pensions payout up £884 a year. Well, they've not gone for statins. It's interesting. And they've got a picture of um, the, a, a tennis woman in a really short skirt. Four, get a load of that. It's what they're saying. It's a four, get a load of that. Yes, moment. and it's 2014. Canada's five foot ten inch Eugenie Bouchard is the new royalty of tennis. But basically what they're saying is, four, look at that. Look at that person, someone's daughter. Daily Mail, this is an interesting... Works this really is, hard and is good at something. This is... Um, this is uh, oh, hang on a second. Carl's in Welling. Morning, Carl. Carl? 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 Is it me? Is that you? Is your it's name Carl? Carl? No, no. No, it's Paul. Paul? Yeah. Can I, can I call you Carl? You can call me Carl if you want. Car- Paul's in Welling. What would you like to say, Carl? Um, I was just going to say that I, uh, you're wrong about the Greek airports. I've just thrown, flown through... Greek airports, yeah. and you have to empty your hand luggage, all your electronics, yeah. all your cameras, all of your liquids, all have to be removed and put through in a box separately. Which airport was it? That was Santorini, Athens and Corfu. Okay. Do you know why you had to do it? I can tell you why. Um, 
today through tomorrow with temperatures around about the mid-20s. Overnight then we will have that uh, rain. There will be some moderate bursts and it means that Saturday is going to look quite different. Cloudy, damp, breezy, cooler certainly at 21 degrees. It does look like the sunshine will return for Sunday but we're warning of one or two showers as well. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person to sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, security is being stepped up at airports across the US and UK. Could mean a longer wait for you and your family this summer. Tony Fish is not happy about it, but he's been looking into this for us anyway. Tony, what do we know? What's this in response to? Yeah, Tony Fisher's not here. I know, I've sent him a message. Tony? 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 I can hear him. I can hear running. running. He's running. Cool as a cucumber. You right, Tony? Yep. How's it going? How's the breakfast show going? (laughs) How's the northern reporters going? How's the pond? Are you enjoying the pond? They're more punctual than the southern ones. They're punctual, are they? Is that what it's all about? It's, a, it's, it's quite an important factor, isn't it? I've been having discussions upstairs with um, management. Very senior management. That's, about- that's Lee, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless him. Yeah. Now listen, this is the, we, we, you, you were genuinely angry about this. About, you're right, do you want to get your breath? I have just run down the stairs. <laughs> oh, and Tony. yesterday I ran down the stairs to a two-way for drive and I nearly <laughs> crashed into Scoinsy because the door was opening out towards me yeah. and I nearly banged my head. I am of, uh, sim- it was I'm, very, very scary running into Scoinsy. Can you imagine age. running into Scoinsy? He's a big fella. He didn't tall. have his lycra on, thankfully. I'm of the age where anything more than uh, a fast walk, I'm out of breath. Yes, I can't, I've just done that. I can't do <laughs> it's it. terrible, isn't I, it? This is why I'm happy to sit here and not move for three hours. But you know Cheryl Gillan the other day, the Amersham MP, was yeah. uh, endorsing everyone should play golf. Oh, what? I mean, I like golf, but it's hardly cardiovascular no, workout, is it? It's just a slow walk. Anyway, yeah. listen, slow. security being uh, up at airports across the US and the UK. You were genuinely... uh, You you said this would put you off flying. I did. Yeah? And you Mm. mean this because of the extra extra weight. What do we know? Why why is this happening? What's this in response to? Well, this... Our uh, BBC security correspondent, Frank Gardner, says the reason behind these um, security measures on transatlantic flights is the conclusion reached by Western intelligence analysts that al-Qaeda's highly specialised bomb-making expertise has proliferated from Yemen to Syria. Three 
three times since 2009, a two-Saudi bomb maker called Ibrahim al-Aziri, hiding in Yemen, has been able to build viable explosive devices that evaded airport security. Since then, it's believed he's been busy passing on this lethal knowledge to a whole generation of al-Qaeda operatives, mm. some of whom are now thought to be in Syria with European passports. Uh, to date, the devices have been based on non-metallic low-vapour explosives, hard but not impossible to detect. Uh, Al-Qaeda's branch in Yemen, known as AQAP, has surprised Western intelligence officials with the innovation and sophistication of their devices. Security is already very, very tight. What, what more can they do to tighten it up? Well, they're not giving any details specifically, uh, but they haven't, and this is important, they haven't ruled out longer queues at security, Mm -hmm. Ian. Uh, The statement from the Department for Transport merely says the majority of passengers should not experience significant disruption. So does that mean a minority will experience significant disruption? Or a majority will suffer insignificant disruption. That there will yes. be some disruption. There will be there. some disruption. Um, but what we do know, I think you were talking about this earlier, all the old rules remain in place. You'll still have to put liquids into separate see-through bags, take your laptop out of your bag, take off your belt. What's all that about? Maybe your shoes before going through security. Mm. Um, it's not clear whether these changes will affect every airport and whether they're limited to flights to and from the United States, uh, which has prompted this move. Um, the actual terrorism threat level remains at the same, at substantial. That's the middle of the five threat levels. It uh, means that an attack is a strong possibility. And this would genuinely so, put you off going on an aeroplane? Because well, of, because I, had, I think I had, I had a bad experience once uh, when uh, my daughter Alice was a bit younger. I went to America, had a three-hour wait yep. uh, at Heathrow. The plane was delayed uh, for another two hours. I got to America late. We arrived at the same time as a load of uh, other flights from Mexico. Mm. I had three hours there. And so I've it's been long scarred. Yeah, it's a long journey. And uh, my daughter wasn't very well, so that also... The whole experience has scarred me slightly, especially going to America. Yeah. So I don't think I'd... I don't... Yes. Going and to America. when you've got kids, it does make it... The kids in an airport, it's a yeah, hard thing. Yeah, I had to take her to the female toilets in America, and uh, I was the only man in the loo with my daughter, and an American lady came in and said, Gee, I thought I got the wrong toilet. You, you've done that the wrong way around. I've you should have taken her to the men's toilets. No, the ladies was the nearest. It was a very was an important. All right, matter. it was an emergency. <laughs> Justin, just uh, yes, morning, boss. Justin, you're at London Luton Airport this morning. What, what do you think about all of this? What's what, what's your reaction? Well, I have to say, for, for me personally, when I go to an airport uh, and all the checks are in place, I feel more secure. So if somebody said to me, "You've got to wait another hour," um, that's absolutely fine by me because ultimately, and I'm sure that that everyone wants to be safe when they get on board that plane, don't they? So, so for me, there's absolutely no problem. Um, you mentioned I'm at Luton Airport. I'm actually with Philip here, live in our radio car. Philip works at another UK airport. We're not going to name that airport, Philip, but but these extra security checks, do you think people will get frustrated and get angry? Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, people are always in a rush to get somewhere these days, and uh, you know they want to get from A to B very quickly, but these um, new uh, security uh, implements are there for their safety. So when there have been extra checks in place before, do people get angry at you simply because you're working at the airport? Well, yeah, I mean, you're a focal point because you wear an ID at the airport, so uh, everybody's going to take out their frustration on you, but you've just got to sort of um, try and help them along and give them the, uh, the information that they need. 
Just listening to Tony back in the studio there, with these extra checks, that would put him off flying. You personally, would it put you off flying? No, not really. I mean, every day is a risk. Every time you step out the front door, you take a risk. So, um, you know, it's nothing, nothing different. And working at an airport, um, just lastly, describe some of the changes that, that have taken place since 9-11. When you went back into work following that uh, and the flight started going again, how did things really change? Well, obviously, security tightened up straight away, and uh, most people should know that they don't take liquids through the airport. They can buy them on the other side, and uh, that's pretty much it. But your advice today is just get on with it. These checks are there for you, for your own safety. Well, exactly. I mean, don't, put, don't, don't let these people put you off. I mean, that's our ultimate aim, is to put you off. Uh, just carry on with life as normal and uh, carry about your day-to-day -day business. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. No problem. That's uh, Philip joining us live on the programme. Interesting thoughts there. So yep. um, certainly won't put him off flying, won't put me off flying, and hopefully, um, as Philip was saying, it won't put anybody else from flying. Listen, I, and I say this, and I don't mean this flippantly, if my plane don't blow up, you keep me as long as you need to at the airport. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. Just could you have a word with some passengers and see what uh, was some prospective flyers and see what they think about it? Absolutely, no problem. Cheers, for this. Thank you so much. On my own, it, it would appear you're on your own. I don't believe I am. Well, there's, there's. I think other people out there would also be put off flying. It sounds like a challenge. Yes. I. If you had to stand for an extra hour in a queue in an airport, yeah. especially with a family, young kids, that's going to put you off, isn't it? Let's put it out there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I believe uh, Tony Fisher has. There are other ways of getting to up, other countries. Car, you train. Can't, you can't drive to Canada. Boat. Yeah, that will take three months. Well, don't go to Canada then. Well, supposing I want to go to Canada. Anyway, oh, wait, let me finish. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Why would you want to go to Canada? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound on the speed sensors, there are queues between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Also, the northbound carriageway looking heavier than normal as you approach Junction 7. Uh, this is probably because the entry slip road is closed there. And also on the southbound carriageway, the exit slip road is closed at Junction 7. This is for traffic management for the Sonosphere Festival. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow with queues in places between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. So this morning we're asking, have you ever owned a foreigner? And no, not in the, as in the sense of slavery, for goodness sakes. I mean, you know, just brought them down a peg or two. And would you be put off flying by extended security checks? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, escape prisoner arrested in Aylesbury. Coroner criticises Bedford Hospital and security being tightened at UK airports. BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested in Aylesbury last night, but the other, a convicted murderer, remains at large. Thames Valley Police say they believe 46-year-old Darren Douglas, who was serving a life sentence for, for a murder in 1998, is also in the Aylesbury area. Justice Secretary Chris Grayling was forced to defend open prisons after the men absconded from Spring Hill in Grendon Underwood. A man and a woman, both from the Aylesbury area, have been arrested on suspicion of assisting an offender. 
A coroner has criticised Bedford Hospital for its treatment of a 10-month-old baby boy who died on the Riverbank Ward in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result of Luca Downey's death and changes made. Joanne Hughes is from the charity Mother's Instinct. We hear too many cases like this of parents' concerns being dismissed by medics, um, particularly um, with young parents. Medics are experts in the medical side, Parents are experts of that unique child. It's only when those two groups work together properly that the t- child is going to receive optimum care. Security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. The Transport Secretary, Patrick McLaughlin, says most passengers shouldn't experience significant disruption. There has to be uh, extra checks that are made, but those will be made in the course of events going through the security that people already go, which are already fairly stringent as it is, um, and I hope there will not be significant delays. Obviously we'll work with the airports to try and make sure that that is not the case, that people who are either going on business or going away on holiday uh, get away on time. Discount retailer Poundland has announced an 18% increase in sales for the three months to the end of June. Poundland has over 530 UK stores. Harvardshire County Council is considering closing two of its household waste recycling centres and the remaining 15 could be open just five days a week. More from Lee Agnew. The County Council says its new contractor, Amy Sesper, has been asked to put forward suggestions to improve efficiency and save money and are now consulting the public on the plans. The proposal is to close the sites at Hoddesdon and Elstree completely, while all other sites would shut at 4pm and close for two days during the week. The council says the changes would save £6 million over the next eight years and comes as a part of a wider programme of council cutbacks. Road closures have started this morning ahead of the Sonosphere Rock Festival at Nebworth in Hertfordshire this weekend. Closures were put in place on the A1M at Junction 7 for Stevenage at 5 this morning and will remain until 3pm on Monday. The concerts start tomorrow evening. Tens of thousands of people are expected to attend. In sport, Liverpool have held productive talks with Barcelona over the proposed sale of striker Luis Suarez, but a deal is yet to be finalised. The weather dry and sunny with variable amounts of cloud, a maximum temperature 25 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Quite quiet, but very pleasant. Attractive rural provincial town. And all this week we're featuring Tring. Best thing about Tring is the people. Best thing about Tring is the beautiful countryside around Tring. It's all about where you live. I love it. It'd be hard pushed to find anything better. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past eight. It's a lovely day, and I'm going to the O2 tonight to see Monty Python. Very, very excited. Oh, and you had those two extra tickets. Yes, and I gave them away free to my sister and my brother-in-law. I've got a friend who's going as well. I'm going to meet him before for a little bit of supper. Beautiful evening. Always look on the bright side of... I'm a lumberjack and I wear women's clothes. Yeah. All the hits. I would have liked to have gone. I've come here to have a fight with you, please. That'll be a pound. No, it won't. I didn't expect a Spanish man. All of it. I'm loving it. Uh. Loving it. All of it. I'm loving it. My parrot don't breathe no more. I can quote it all. He 
he's not Jesus, he's very naughty man. I know all, I know all the quotes, Kath. Tickets wasted on you. Yeah. Lots coming up this morning, um, including airport security. Does it put you off flying? There's going to be tighter security from today. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a very sad story. A coroner has confirmed that the death of a 10-month-old baby prompted the suspension of children's services at Bedford Hospital. Luca Downey passed away as the result of a rare heart abnormality in April last year. While yesterday's inquest heard his condition was unlikely to have responded to treatment, Luca's mother said she had to fight to get staff to take her concerns seriously and was fobbed off by the consultant who she branded arrogant. Hospital bosses have apologised, saying they deeply regret not having made Luca's final weeks better. Well, Ed Neal was the medical director at Bedford Hospital at the time of Luca's death. Uh, terrible mess, isn't it, Al? Ed? Uh, well, it, it, was a, it was a terrible series of events um, for, for Luca and his mother. Um, and... Uh, it is it is something that the hospital is is very very sorry about but it did highlight to us um, some serious uh, shortcomings in the department which we have now uh, thankfully been able to completely turn around so that we have a modern um, consultant-led service. It's a shame it took such terrible treatment of a sick baby for that to happen. Um, well, it, it, it's a shame that this, this poor little boy had to go through uh, what he went through. Um, we had been aware of some concerns uh, within the department, but perhaps not exactly how uh, deep and fundamental um, they appeared to be. Um, but it, as the coroner said in the inquest, at the end of the inquest yesterday, to, to Luca's um, mother and father, um, there's no consolation for um, the death of a child. There never can be. Um, but as, 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 as Mr Osborne said, if there is any small um, crumb of consolation that they can take from this, what happened to Luca um, has meant that we have a... Uh, he, has, he has changed more in this world in his short life as a result of the changes that have happened to paediatrics since uh, here in Bedford than most adults will do in their whole lifetime. Is that really going to offer consolation to, to his parents, do you think? Well, I, I'm not saying that's a consolation to his parents, nor was the coroner. The coroner was, was merely um, offering that up because he recognised um, from the evidence that we gave that there had been a fundamental, has been a fundamental sea change in the paediatric department now. Um, it's common knowledge that uh, shortly after Luca's death uh, and related... Um, Partly to to, to, the, to the events surrounding his death, our junior doctors um, were removed. Um, but we now have a consultant delivered service. We have junior doctors returning when the ne- when they next re- naturally rotate in August. Okay, well that's some of the changes Ed, that have been have been put in place. I'm joined by Tony Fisher, our reporter, who was at the uh, inquest over the last couple of days. Tony, what would you like to say something? Yes, uh, hi Ed. Uh, hi. I spoke to you yesterday. You said that uh, the changes were partly related to Luca's death. Now the coroner said that it was a direct result of Luca's death that the changes were made. So. Which is it? Well, the 
concerns that were raised directly as following Luca's death um, high, uh, led to further close investigation and there were a um, there were a combination of circumstances then which led to the final decision in July um, mm. to remove our trainees. Mm. But you already had things in progress, didn't you? You said January that year that Luke was born to to start making changes, didn't yes. you? So we we had identified in um, 2012 the need to expand our nursing establishment, for instance, and we had begun that recruitment process from January. But recruitment takes a long time, unfortunately. You have to advertise a point and then wait for people to um, work through their notice. So um, we hadn't got every, any very much actually in place by the time he passed away, um, but there were things already happening. Mm. The current and former chief executives of uh, Bedford Hospital have told the BBC they knew the paediatric department at Bedford Hospital was a problem as far back as 10 years ago. So how come it, it only changes, changes are only being made now after the death of a baby? Well, changes have been made over those 10 years. Obviously not good enough. Um, we, have, uh, we, have, we, we have made a number of changes over the last decade. Uh, but still ins- obviously insufficient then, weren't they? Well, the changes that were made, um, and we made a, a specifically made a lot of changes in response to uh, a school of paediatrics visit in um, the summer of 2012, and we ha- then had a repeat visit in December 2012, which was reassuring that those changes were actually making but the significant changes, but difference. If it, but it just seems uh, uh, odd that if people were aware of problems 10 years ago and changes were being made, those changes uh, in that 10 years would be insufficient if this was still allowed to happen to Luca. Well, part of the... One of the problems that we had in Bedford was that we had been unable to recruit to substantive consultant posts. There is a national shortage of, or there was at the time, a national shortage of paediatricians, and we were unable to recruit good quality consultants into those posts. Um, The recruitment environment has changed, and I'm delighted to say that we now have a full complement of eight consultants as, as I said yesterday, the last will be coming as soon as they've worked through their notice. Were you unable to, to recruit good consultants because of the, the culture of bullying that we've heard about? We, we had no feedback that, it was the cult, that there was a culture of bullying that was preventing us from attracting good quality consultants. Um, the, uh, the, the junior doctors... Um, didn't report a culture of bullying. They did report that there were concerns over supervision, but not bullying. They felt unsupported and out of their depth. Out of their depth is lack of supervision, not bullying. Uh, Ed, it's Tony here. Can I ask you about Dr Cadel Raja, who was the senior consultant paediatrician in in charge of Luca's uh, treatment, basically, who didn't actually turn up on the Riverbank ward on the fateful day of the 14th of April last year until after five o'clock, even though his office was two minutes away. Um, He says uh, that he's no longer working at Bedford Hospital, but you say he's resigned. That's right, he did. He sent us a letter of resignation. And why did he resign? 
Uh, well, I, I, he didn't put a reason in that in his letter, so I'm afraid you would have to ask him mm. that. And how old is he? I, off the top of my head, I have no idea. Uh, I, had you warned me of that question, I'd have no, been able okay, to prepare. that's OK. I mean, he, you, his you, general, you his saw general, him at the inquest, yes, so you know ge- his... No, I know. His general attitude to Luca's mum was uh, one of... Uh, she felt she was uh, arrogant. She's reported him for being unprofessional and, indeed, uh, for breach of uh, a, a code of conduct because she, he told her various things about Luca in, in a public setting in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, the, I heard the statement read out yesterday, um, mm, uh, like yeah. you did, and um, in terms of... What do you think about his conduct in general, though, with your personal view? Um, personally, uh, I, I feel that the conduct of the consultants in, in the case, in Luca's um, care, fell below that that I would expect from a consultant at Bedford Hospital. Mm. Um, it is not for me to make decisions um, about what that means. And we heard a lot about how Luca's mum wasn't listened to. Uh, she, she felt that she was being let down. She was batting against a brick wall. And the whole scenario, um, you know, was a, was a shambles at the end. Um, and I know you responded to that in the, in the inquest, but what are you doing now to make sure that mums are listened to? Well, as I said in the inquest, we have uh, disseminated the lessons from uh, this very, very sad event uh, certainly throughout the paediatric department, but also throughout the hospital, so that relatives, not just mothers of children, but all relatives, are concerns are listened to and are taken into account. Ed, just a couple more specifics on, on Luca's case. Uh, it, it, he should have been diagnosed with his rare heart condition soon after birth. That wasn't done. And also, when his echocardiogram was performed and a referral made to Great Ormond Street Hospital, nothing happened. What went wrong in those two, two instances? Well, I think, as we heard yesterday, there was conflicting evidence about, um, or conflicting suggestions about heart murmurs in the early period after a baby's born, because they can be normal, uh, as can heart murmurs in small babies when they are distressed for whatever reason, have a temperature, because you get turbulent blood flow in the heart. Um, We did identify a heart murmur in January. Um, We did make a referral, but that referral didn't follow, wasn't followed through clinically. It wasn't uh, appreciated because of the rarity of the condition that we were dealing with. I don't think it was appreciated fully um, just how uh, serious it was. Whose fault was that, Bedford Hospital or Great Ormond Street? I think the I think Bedford Hospital, the consultant that referred him, um, failed to appreciate the initial seriousness because he was so well in between. But, but, time. but why, why why wouldn't that referral? The, 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 was the referral made or not? Yes, the referral was made, um, and Dr. there was Kendall a. Roger. Sorry, no, the referral wasn't made by Dr. Cattle Raja. He, he looked after Luca in those, in, on his last two admissions. It was Dr. Nambiar who made the referral uh, in um, mid-February, as we heard, and that, for reasons that I suspect we will never know, um, was not read by Great Ormond Street for a month. Uh, and we don't know whether it was um, stuck in a post office somewhere. Or stuck post- in a post office in Bedford? Or stuck in a post office in Great Ormond Street. There, there, there is a difference, isn't there? Well, it, 
it could have it could have been stuck in the postal system of the UK. It doesn't have to have been stuck in a post room. Our, I, I can I can vouch is for there, Bedford is Hospital. There, is that, there a that, suggestion? Is there a suggestion, Ed, uh, that the uh, the the, the uh, report that was sent, the referral that was sent to Great Ormond Street, um, was it was delayed within Bedford Hospital? We found no evidence that it was delayed within Bedford Hospital when we did our conducted our investigation. Why are really important referrals like this about babies being, just being sent in the post if if there's a problem with the post? Well, up until this these unfortunate events, we have never been made aware of there being a problem with the post. Why would you not send an email? Uh, we have to be certain when when sending emails that the recipient is the correct recipient. Okay, and and if after how how long do you do you give it before you chase up a referral? If nothing has been made by the receiving hospital, how how long do you give it? Well, the problem that we have is that we, if the receiving hospital sends an appointment directly to the family. Uh, or to the patient, because it's the same applies to adults. Um, we don't know that that appointment has been sent, so we only know the, that an appointment okay. hasn't been sent if the patient, or in this case the parents of the patient, contact us and say, I haven't heard anything, can you do anything to help but, us? But, Ed, as you, say, as you said, you've addressed communication both internally and externally. You've, you've said, I think, that that, that, that was poor, um, and the communication externally to Great Ormond Street could have been better, couldn't it, giving a full update of Luca's condition to the consultants there. Had they known more, they might have acted sooner. Uh, even Luca's mum had to press for what's going on. She wanted the referral. Nothing seemed to be happening in her mind. Um, so communication could have been better, couldn't it? Well, yes, but as I just said, we have, there is no mechanism for us to be informed that an appointment has been sent to a patient. Hmm. So until On the day Luca died, the consultant at Great Ormond Street Hospital said he rang Bedford Hospital because no one was getting in contact with him, and he said that was very unusual. Yes, he did. And, and the coroner said that... So um, a, a consultant from another hospital was ringing Bedford more concerned about the care of Luca than they were at Bedford Hospital. The consultant from Great Ormond Street, um, who had been contacted by the hospital to uh, provide help and support... And remember, he had, the consultant at Great Ormond Street had been contacted by his registrar. Um, that, that consultant then took, took it upon himself to ring Bedford Hospital. Um, well, which, which was good for him. He said that was unusual, though, Ed, didn't he? Yes, but we, we also now know, unfortunately, that this was ex an extremely unusual and serious complication of a rare congenital abnormality. But, but, but that, that, sh that doesn't yeah. take away anyone's responsibility, does it? None at all. Not at all. And an earlier diagnosis, it, there could have been something perhaps to have made, as you say, his life better in his last few weeks and months. But, Ed, can I just move on to a slightly different topic? We've got uh, Dave Hodgson, who, as you know, is the Mayor of Bedford. He was at a briefing at the Council, I think, last night with uh, the NHS um, clinical commissioners. Um, he said that options for Bedford Hospital have been narrowed to four options, or in brackets, three, really. This is the review, isn't it, of, of what the potentials yeah. could be for Bedford Hospital in terms of of cutbacks and savings and things. Yeah, and he says including the loss of full A&E and maternity service. Um, if this sounds as alarming to you as it does to me, please sign Save the Bedford Hospital petition here. 
Do you know anything more about that, Ed? Right. All, all I know is that I'm due to go to a meeting next week um, to hear the um, next stage, I won't say the conclusions, but the next stage of the analysis uh, of the potential models for Milton Keynes and Bedfordshire. Um, now, I know that um, there are various meetings going on, but the hospital doctors' meeting, if, if, you, if you see what I mean, is next week. So I have not been privy to... Uh, the last last meeting I went to, which was uh, about three weeks ago, there were 14 options on the table. Mm. Dave so Hodgson says there are now four. Well, um, either he knows something I don't yet, uh, and that, that may well be the case. Well, that's what he's been it, told by the clinical commissioning group. Then I'm sure they, they are the leaders of this, and um, they commission from the hospital what services they want. Um, so... Uh, I, at the moment, I'm afraid you've caught me on the hop there uh, because no, I haven't I been informed that, of, any, yeah. of, of anything of that nature yet. Ed, maybe, maybe we could speak to you next week after this meeting to find out what's going on because I know lots of people are worried that, uh, that Bedford will lose significant services, kind of be merged with Milton Keynes. Uh, so it, uh, there are lots of people who are interested in how this will develop. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure there will be, and I'm sure it will continue to develop over the coming months and even years. So maybe we could speak to you next week, Ed. OK. Thank you very much indeed. That's Ed Neal, Medical Director at Bedford Hospital, or was at the uh, time of Luca's death. Tony Fisher, thank you very much indeed. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Thank you to Tony Fisher for his uh, his help in researching and indeed uh, with that interview as well. Uh, we're talking about security in airports. It's going to be tighter. It's going to be tighter. There's a, a, a non-specific threat. I think that's what you say, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, and so they're going to increase security at airports. Um, does that bother you? Does that put you off flying? I mean, it's an inconvenience, isn't it? At worst. And Michelle has texted... I've just come back from Morocco. It took two and a half hours to get into the country. Yes, they check paperwork thoroughly, but lack of organisation and just pl- uh, plain laid back. What? In their own time. Oh, laid back in their own time. I got stopped and searched on the way out. Man apologised and explained why, so it doesn't matter. Like you, Ian, they better check than don't. Michelle, I don't quite know. Can you says, fill in the blanks? So it doesn't matter. I think it's better to check. Oh, thank, sorry. OK. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Joyce is in Lee Grave. Morning, Joyce. Hi, good morning. Good morning, you Joyce. you fun there, aren't you? I'm a little bit of fun. I know you are. Yeah, you know I like it when it gets like that. <laughs> Joyce, what, what have you got for us this morning? Well, it was, uh, as you're talking about um, the airports and things, yeah. um, my granddaughter had done this surprise thing and my daughter, so we, we went off for um, a long weekend. Oh, and we went from Newton Airport, and I'm not used to flying like you, uh, jumping on the uh, jet set thing, you know, so I was a bit nervous. Yes, and, uh, the jet everything set was... thing, yes. Oh, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> flying off in my jet, Joyce, to various parts of the world. Everything was checked and double-checked. I was anxious, yes, I've done that right, and done this, done that. And when we got through to the airport bit where we have to get uh, checked out, yes, that was fine. Uh, got through then, the baggage was fine, and then all of a sudden this uh, lady put her arm out, you know, like a prison wardress, you know, you come here, you know, that kind of attitude. And uh, not a word was said, so I thought, me? So anyway, yeah. 
so my granddaughter, she went, poof, oh, that, you know, and she'd give me a little shove to go where she, I was told. Yeah. So I did. And I went between these bars thing, and of course, um, something made a little noise. And, uh, Uh-oh. Yes, Uh-oh. that's right. And th- my granddaughter by now was had a thumb to her, her mouth, and she was going, oh, oh, oh dear, what's, what's wrong? Anyway, cut a story short, she was going up and down with this... Um, Little checking thing. Little if wand. I, is it? Yeah, yes. I was going to call it something else. Anyway, oh. yes, arms out, legs out, do this, do that. And I thought up and down my body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Been I know. And time, I, was get, I was getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, and I, I bet thought, you were. I thought, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah, anyway. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Ian. And then <laughs> coming from the waist down, she went back to a certain point and back to the certain point. And I thought, oh, I don't know what's wrong here. Yeah. And what it was, shall I tell you? Go on. My new knee joint. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! <laughs> oh, Joyce! I couldn't believe it. it well, was, yeah, that's right. So watch it. Watch everybody with artificial limbs. What, yeah, exactly. Those. Well, those are the dodgiest. <laughs> guys. You're you're the dodgiest kind of people. <laughs> I used to um, uh, 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 f- upset my wife and really annoy. Is this a good joke or a bad joke, Joyce? Right. <laughs> I would really annoy my wife to the point where she would go off and walk away from me. When we're in the queue for security, right, I'd say, I'd whisper it, but say it quite loudly, where did you hide the drugs? (laughs) You are all. And she'd go, Ian, shut up. (laughs) Okay, forget those. Where where are the guns? And she would go, she'd go, Ian, it's not funny. Stop it. We'll get in trouble. And I I used to, is that a good joke or a naughty joke? That's naughty. The naughty jokes are the best one, Joyce. Thank you very much indeed. It used to, I mean, genuinely, she would be so annoyed with me. You just, you just kind of sidle up to her. Where have you put the drugs? Are they in the bag? Ian, stop it! What about the guns? Where, where are we, where are we hiding those today? Very naughty. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what would you like? Where are you always driving to when you call in? <laughs> I drive from Northampton to Leighton Buzzard. Oh, good for you. All right. Okay, that's a bit of a trek. Go on, what have you got for us? Airport security. Mm-hmm. I'm all for thorough searches, and, and et cetera, et cetera, because then you know that when you're on that plane, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. My concern is, is that everybody gets treated equally. Now, I don't mean to be racist or anything, but, but... we've had arguments in the past about uh, burkas and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, and that, and and if I'm told to take my shoes off, yep. which I have been, I would expect the same person to tell a person wearing that type of clothing yep. or an item to do the same. What? Take their shoes off? No. I gave Catherine an example. I was flying to Florida from Gatwick. I was told to take my shoes off yep. to go through the the machine. Yep. And I made a statement. Are you going to ask that Asian guy to remove the turban? <laughs> And this they, was when the this was when the liquids and everything was yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. was going on, and and they said no, we can't ask him to do that. That seems. Um, I know that if you're wearing the, the the full face veil, they kind of take you off to to one side, don't they? And they ask you the, to remove the veil so they can compare the passport pictures. Well, that's that's fair enough. That happens. Yes, but would you, still... if you were going, I suppose if, if you were going through security and you had a hat on. Yeah, I'd take it off. They, they would make... I'm, I'm just thinking, I've never seen it happen, but I imagine they would make you take your hat off, wouldn't they? Yeah, yes, they would. You can get quite a lot shoved up inside a turban as well, trust me. Oh, you can. It's about nine feet long, isn't it? Glenn, thank you for that. That's an interesting one, isn't it? That's an interesting one. I've seen them do that with the, 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 the face veil. 
and the woman gets uh, the women get taken off and they kind of remove their veil and they show their face to, 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 to uh, I think it's normally a woman, isn't it? Yes. So they can compare the pictures on the um, the passport. The turban being taken off. Um, it's quite intricate. The turban, isn't it? It's quite hard work to uh, to construct. Should that be taken off? I, 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 yeah, I, I guess. I guess. That's a good question. 08459 555 555. I'm curious as to how they can make airport security even tighter. Is it Luton Airport that's got the wind machine? Is it Luton Airport where you go and you go... Is it Luton? Oh, hang on. Let's try that again. I've never had the pleasure of that. I, I thought it was Luton Airport. Maybe it's I haven't not. I've flown from Luton for ages. There's one. There's there's an airport in this country where it's a machine and you go in like a, a box. It doesn't happen to everyone. You go into like a glass box and it goes. Is that the one that looks through your clothes? I I don't know if it looks through your clothes. It's checking for bomb dust. Oh. I think. I think. Have I got? Oh wait, four five. You're you're no better than me. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Oh, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on. Hang on a second, Alice. This is the problem. When I try and get slick and professional, I completely muff it up. Right, hang on. So we can put that there. And that goes there. And that goes there. Oh, gosh. Hang on. Alice? Hello. I've completely... Uh... <laughs> the next thing that's going to play is this. You were told. Yeah, we don't want that. Hang on a second. Oh, blimey. Hang on. Right. Why would you want to go to Canada? Okay, that's not it. I got no idea. <laughs> right, we're ready. Are you ready, Alice? I'm so ready. Ready, steady, go! Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Bob on the A1M southbound. At Junction 9, things are completely stationary at the moment. Uh, looking on the speed sensors, we have got queues all the way up to just after Junction 7 for Stevenage. So these delays may all be because of the sonosphere closures and extra traffic there. That's where the A1M northbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. The entry slip road is closed and the southbound carriageway exit slip road is closed. Uh, also on the M1 in both directions, things looking slow between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect, there are delays after a signalling problem on services via St Albans. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The former medical director at Bedford Hospital says improvements have been made following the death of a 10-month-old baby boy at the hospital's Riverbank ward. Yesterday, a coroner criticised the hospital for the treatment of Luca Downey, who died in April last year. Children's services were suspended as a direct result. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested in Aylesbury last night, but the other, a convicted murderer, remains at large. And security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Liverpool have held what's been described as productive talks with Barcelona over the proposed sale of striker Luis Suarez, but a deal is yet to be finalised. The Uruguayan is currently serving a four-month worldwide football ban for biting at the World Cup. His former Liverpool manager, Gerard Houllier. He's such an outstanding talent, he could have been player of the tournament the way things were going you don't like to see uh, an outstanding uh, 
talent be out of the football for a certain time. He made a mistake. You always said that. He would agree with that. He even apologised. Now we've just got to wait until he comes back. Former champion Jimmy Connors says Andy Murray should not be written off after his failure to reach the Wimbledon semi-finals. Murray lost to Grigor Dimitrov, but Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are through to the last four, and there were no more heroics from wildcard Nick Kyrgios, the teenager who knocked out Rafael Nadal as he lost to Milos Raonic. It's the ladies' semi-finals today. Preparations continue at Silverstone today, ahead of this weekend's Formula One British Grand Prix. The Milton Keynes Red Bull team have struggled to keep up with Mercedes this season, but driver Daniel Ricciardo says Silverstone is a circuit he enjoys. One I enjoy very much. I love love the circuit, love the place. Uh, had a lot of good times here, so hopefully uh, keep them rolling. We were quick here last year, so hopefully do it all again. And the Buckinghamshire Golf Club in Denham hosts the Ladies European Masters, which starts today. Dame Laura Davis and Woburn teenager Charlie Hull are among those taking part. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Only 27 minutes to go. For you, but for me, an hour, three hours and 27 minutes minutes to go. But the next 27 minutes, you'll be getting your uh, daily massage upstairs. You said I've interfered with your nut time. I don't know what that means. Every morning, I have my nut time. I don't, again, that's I like a to, horrible image. I just like to be left alone with my nuts. Ooh. Because otherwise, my stomach rumbles throughout the show. Ah, I see. If I don't have my nuts, because they, they keep me uh, replenished. Keep you occupied. Yes. It's, yes, OK. You, uh, Up until 12. I don't think we're allowed to have nut time at the BBC anymore. Have you not seen some of the recent <laughs> news stories? <laughs> Has that been stopped? Yeah. <laughs> they've, ah. they've put the kibosh on that. Thank you for coming down a little bit later. We were a little bit busy earlier on with, uh, with Bedford Hospital. What's on your show today, Mr Nuts? Well, I'm picking up on this uh, airport security story. It's one of the biggest stories around today. And I'm asking from Nine today, is airport security too light, too tight or too lax in your experience? Security is being stepped up at UK airports today after a credible threat to security was detected by the US intelligence services. Anyone flying to America from the UK, they'll be under particular scrutiny as Al-Qaeda are thought to be developing bombs that can be smuggled onto planes. Blimey. A bit worrying, isn't Terrifying. it? Terrifying. It's not clear whether passengers at Luton Airport will be affected by these security checks, but having been given the green light yesterday to expand the airport to handle 18 million passengers a year, keeping the airport safe today will no doubt be a priority. Well, if you travel around the world, how would you rate the security checks in this country? And how would you compare them to other foreign destinations. Shall I tell you what I always find very peculiar? Mm. Um, when I go to Argentina, generally I fly with British Airways, yeah. direct flight to, British, uh, to Argentina. You leave from Terminal 5 in, in Heathrow, which, in my opinion, is the nicest airport terminal anywhere in the world. It's beautiful. It's lovely. a very nice terminal, oh, yes. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. I love it. And... The security is very tight. Yep. You know, you have one of those... You were disca- describing one of those body scanner machines. You have to stand there and put your hands in is your... Is that the one that does the puff of air? No, I don't know. It does a puff of air. It goes... Oh, okay. whoosh, oh whoosh. yeah, yeah, those, yes. It scans you. Yep. Um, and, you know, you really feel as if you're having quite a, uh, an in-depth search before you get on that aeroplane. Yep. When you leave Buenos Aires in Argentina, it's totally different. It's like a cow shed. Well, not quite... It's, I mean, it's a very modern... It's a nice airport, right. actually, the, the airport down, at, down in yeah. Argentina. But um, 
they just don't do the checks. I mean, I could I could get on a British Airways plane mm. or any plane leaving from Argentina and I could get on with a two-litre bottle of drink that I've bought mm. in the supermarket. I've, they don't check in the same way. It needs to be uh, international, doesn't it? If, we, if we're going to have an airport standard, then, then everyone needs to adhere to it. Otherwise, yeah. it, it's rendered useless. Well, exactly. And, and it does make a bit of a farce of it, doesn't it? Because if, if in America and if in the UK they're going to all these great lengths to check what people are taking on a plane, and yet if you can get on a, on a plane that flies to either the UK or to yeah. America from another country and they don't have the same kind of checks, I mean, what's the point? Yeah. They, yeah. You know, these terrorists are not stupid, are they? If they're going to target an aircraft, they're simply going to go to a country where they oh. know the checks are... In fairness, they may not have thought of that until just now. Oh, Jonathan. right, Nice yeah. one. Well, well I'm, I'm quite sure Al-Qaeda will be, will be getting tips from me. ISIS are monitoring your show every single day. Well, from nine this morning, I'd love your views on this. Is airport security too tight or too lax in your experience? 08459 555 55. We'll discuss it from nine. You've got no option for just right? Just right. Oh, really? Well, you, 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 you you're, want... going, you're going, is it too, too, too lax or too tight? You've got no... You, you've not got the third option of maybe you think it's just right. I'll include a just right... Just for, Do you think it's just right, then? I don't... Yeah, I do. I, I don't see how they could tighten it much more, really, in this country. Abroad, yes, as you discussed. In this country, I don't see what, what more they could do. The belt comes off, the jacket comes off, the shoes come off. You get scanned. I, I, I mean, are they going to frisk everybody? Tell you what I noticed last time I went through a British airport yep. that will remain nameless. A lot of flirtation from the men on security with some of the young female passengers. Oh, I see. Mm. That, that, and I did. I was somewhat concerned as to whether they were concentrating on the job at hand, i.e., checking for bombs. Are you are you worried that uh, Al Qaeda, ISIS, may be using hot women? To distract security personnel. No, what I'm what I'm saying to you is that whilst the security guys were flirting yep. with hot young girls, they were heading off with for you. a week in Falaraki, yeah. they may not have been concentrating on some of the other people that were going through security checks. So your suggestion is to ban hot women from flying? No, that people working on security concentrate on their job and stop flirting. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Kevin's on the line. Morning, Kevin. Hey, morning, Ian. I think Jonathan was a little bit upset that they weren't flirting with him, but that's another call. That could be another. Yes, it's another story altogether. Anyway, I just had to ring in because as a little with the trailer... For his program. What? What? You're, you're you're dropping in and out, Kevin. Say that again. I said I had to ring in because I was a little bit um, outraged about what I heard um, on his trailer for his program. Well, what what outraged you, Kevin? The Luis Suarez moment. That he likes to have something that he can sink his teeth into. Yeah, I know that poor that poor lady that uh, that uh, she ended up bursting up into tears, didn't she? Absolutely. I mean. I, I want to know, was this recorded before the World Cup? Is it something that did influence Luis Suarez, or is it something afterwards, you know, to frighten everyone from... Um Listen, you, Kevin, you don't want to mess with JVS. I've seen his gnashes, and if they were to sink into my shoulder, my forearm, or indeed my buttocks, which I believe are very easy to puncture, steady, then that would be a terrible situation for everybody. Maria's on the line. Good morning, Maria. Hello there. Good morning, Maria. What, what, what have you called in for? Well, I've called in because I collect papers 
and I look at anything that's very vital, yes. Britain faces climate chaos from Toskit volcano blast. From a what? Britain... I'll turn the radio off. Yeah, turn the radio off. That would help. Britain faces climate chaos from Toskit volcano blast. What's a Toskit volcano? Britain's greatest future threat may come not from flooding, terrorism or economic collapse. Yes. But from a super volcano eruption. And we don't want a super volcano eruption. In Iceland, a cabinet officer report is... This is terrifying. ...to warn ministers... That's just a bit of the reading. Oh, Maria, that is terrifying. When's this happening? What time today? I don't know what time today. Three o'clock? A Sunday time. Can it not... Is there any chance we could delay it until tomorrow? Because I've got tickets for Monty Python tonight. What? I've got... Is there any chance we could delay the Toskit volcano until tomorrow? Because I've got... How do we know it's going to come? Well, I've got tickets for Monty Python tonight, and I would hate that to be ruined by a a volcano. I've spent a fortune on these tickets. Such an eruption would blanket the UK and Northern Europe with ash and Toskit fumes. What? What? what, climate What what are Toskit fumes? Don't ask me. Is that like a load of cows doing a blow-off in a field? I shouldn't think so. I should think it's ash. Well, no, that's the ash. You said the ash, and then you said, and Toskit fumes. Yeah. I've just read that out of the paper. I know, I heard. Um, uh, Are you worried, Maria? Well, I am about this. I think the ministers should know. What are the ministers going to do with it? Hello? Hello? Oh, you're still there. What are the ministers going to do with it? You tell me. You tell me. Including Ross roastingly hot summers and bitterly cold winters. Well, that don't sound so bad. A cycle could last several years. The report will will warn. Punctuation is such a faff, isn't it? Maria, here's, here's a genuine thing, right? And I don't know if this is doable or not. But ha- can they... And this is genuine. Can they not just get a giant cork and shove it in the top of a volcano? Would that work? Got no idea. I don't see How why it wouldn't work. It? If, it, if, it, if it's coming, God knows Who's, when. What's coming? This is coming to Britain. This is climate chaos from Toskit Volcano Blast. Okay, well, this is. Uh, well, Maria, you've certainly put a dampener on. Uh, so I guess the suggestion is buy bo- lots of bottles of water and uh, tins of baked beans, maybe the ones with sausages in, and, and don't go out again. <laughs> That's the official yeah. BBC line, Maria, so thank you very much for that. Yes, bye for now. Yeah, bye for now. If you missed that phone call, you'll be able to hear that again in the podcast this week, which will be out on Friday. Myrtle! Hello! Hello, Myrtle! You're not going to tell us about the end of the world, are you? No. Oh. It was the end of my world, though. Oh, what? I've got a nerd of a husband. Oh, for goodness sakes. A manicure set in the bottom of his... Nelsies is in the bottom of his case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were going to a hotel that had got a fancy dress. And he'd got a Willie Shakespeare wig, blue satin bloomers. Sorry, he had a sorry, he had a what? A blue satin. No, he had a Willie shaped what? Wig, graves. A Willie shaped wig. Yeah, ringlets and all the rest. Why of would it. you shape a wig like a Willie? 
No. God, man. You Where just said we? he had a Willie Shake wig. Well, Willie Shakespeare. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, I you said Willie Shake. You said Willie Shakespeare. Oh, what No one you? says Willie Shakespeare. <laughs> what are you like? You said it, woman. Oh, I know. You said it, Myrtle. I know, but they pulled everything out. Yeah, good, Well, And yes. I was embarrassed. Oh, you would be. Oh, man alive. It could have been worse. You know, you know shops like... And I'm going to... How old are you, Myrtle? 72. OK, in that case, you're, I can discuss this freely. You know shops like um, Ann Summers? Yeah. You know they sell... Yes. ...clothing... Yes. For the ...for the bedroom that ain't pyjamas. <laughs> it could be worse. He could have had all that stuff stashed away. Well, he could have done, but it was no more embarrassing than that. Yeah. I mean, people laughed. Yeah. Oh, Deary me. I haven't well, been abroad with him since. <laughs> oh, Myrtle, thank you. What a great call. Thank you. 08459 Justin, cut, stay there. We'll come to you in a bit. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M southbound much heavier than normal today with queues between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. The northbound carriageway also struggling as you approach Junction 7 for Stevenage. Uh, may all be because of extra traffic for the Sonosphere Festival. There are also restrictions in place at Junction 7 for Stevenage to manage the traffic until Monday. On the M1 northbound, we've got queues approaching Junction 10 for Luton and the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect services via St Albans may be delayed after a signalling problem. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46. It is Thursday the 3rd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The former medical director at Bedford Hospital says improvements have been made following the death of a 10-month-old baby boy at the hospital's Riverbank ward. Yesterday, a coroner criticised the hospital. One of the two men who went on the run from an open prison in Buckinghamshire on Sunday was arrested in Aylesbury last night, but the other, a convicted murderer, remains at large. And security is being tightened at British airports in response to a warning in the United States about a possible new terrorist threat. Coming up, we'll speak to Justin Daly, who's been at Luton Airport this morning, to find out what people think about the tightening of security. If you want to give us a call about that, you can. 08459 455555. But first of all, let's get the weather with Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio beautiful morning isn't it well we're going to have many many more hours of this sunshine it's 18 degrees already in Luton and we're expecting it to be the hottest day of the year if we get to 27 degrees it's more likely to happen the closer to London you are today but even if you're not that close to London across the three counties we're going to have temperatures um, quite close to the mid 20s very pleasant indeed and then we will have a warm evening to enjoy but the night might be a little bit uh, tricky for sleeping because We'll have temperatures sticking at about 15 or 16 degrees. Tomorrow, still some sunshine to enjoy just about, although there will be some cloud that's edging into western spots as the afternoon progresses. If anything, it's going to be as warm tomorrow, if not warmer, uh, but certainly we'll be at around 24, 25 degrees again. By the evening, though, it will have clouded over and let's say 7, 8 o'clock onwards, we'll likely to see some rain as well. Uh, on and off, it will be moderately heavy throughout the night and then it's going 
going to create quite different conditions for Saturday. Cloudy, cool, breezy, 21 degrees the high and there will be some rain on and off, so a little bit of a damp day. Eventually that should clear away towards the early part of the evening and leave us with some sunshine for Sunday, but with the risk of one or two showers. And again, the temperature will be 21 degrees Celsius. That's how it's looking so far. It's that time of year when the best in bloom comes to the RHS Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. And next Tuesday, I'll be there in the thick of it all. That's salvia hotlips, which of course is a nice name for a plant as well. As you know, my fingers aren't all that green, but I'll chat to local gardeners and experts to give me all the tips I could possibly need. If you don't have any soil to plant into, you can get yourself some decent-sized pots. We'll look at the history of the flower show, and I'll make it feel just like you were there. Nick Coffer. Live from the Hampton Court Palace Flower Show, next Tuesday from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly just made a very... Kelly, uh, Justin, just made a very funny joke... Go on. ...about someone getting their Hampton Court. Oh. Very funny. Nice one, Kells. Anyway, Justin, where are you? It's very noisy. Yeah. I'm uh, live at Luton Airport. Oh. Ian, I've got to pick you up on something. Please do, mate. Uh, because uh, being the BBC, we need to be reporting the facts, correct? Well, the facts are, mate, that we are about to be attacked by a volcano from Iceland. Yes, <laughs> I heard that call. Yes, yep. I'm terrified. But um, JVS mentioned hot girls going to Falaraki. Really? Hot girls going to Falaraki? We, we all know what he means. No, they're not hot. No. <laughs> Maybe in the sun, but nothing else. Now, listen. Uh, the security is going to be tightened across British and American airports from today uh, with uh, reports of uh, possible new bomb technology and new threats and things like that. Uh, Tony Fisher, our reporter, says it, might, it will put him off travelling by plane. Don't bother me in the slightest. You've been out this morning at Luton Airport asking people what they think about that. What, what's been the general reaction? Well, there's one man who won't talk to us this morning on the record, but um, he was actually at a US airport on 9-11. Um, obviously, his flight was cancelled. He flew five days later. As you can imagine, the security was incredibly tight, and he said to me, look, if people want to travel to and from the US, you've got to expect that. If you don't want to if you don't want to fly, you, you, you've got to fly to, to the US. You're going to be having tight security. So he said to me, what's the big deal? I think, I think, in terms of aeroplane security, we have had it too easy for too long. Mm. I think we've been spoiled. There's been the 70s and the 80s and, the, well, the 90s as well. We were spoiled uh, with it being too easy. Uh, and people just get, have to get used to the fact... That ain't the world we live in no, no more. Absolutely, and I would agree w- with what you were saying earlier on. When you're I'm flying a wise fr- man. Yeah, from a UK airport, security is very tight. It's when you go abroad and you come back and you think, well, why aren't they doing what happened in the UK? That's slightly worrying. But I have been talking to people here this morning about these extra checks. Would it put them off? Here's what people had to say. Well, Timothy, we're here at Luton Airport this morning. We're talking about extra security checks, yeah. uh, mainly flights to and from the US. But but these extra checks, would that put you off flying? Would that frustrate you? No. No, wouldn't no no. I say it's pretty. Uh, they're pretty tight anyway, so I can't see the where the extra extra bits coming in, mm. unless they're going to do something like say stop liquids altogether or something. I mean, so if you had to wait an extra hour or two hours, it definitely wouldn't put you off at all. Oh no 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 no. It's worth it for the worth it when you get there. So extra security at airports. If you had to wait an extra two hours, let's just say. Would that put you off, sir? It would not, no. Um, security's paramount, so get safety in the air, it's worth waiting, so no amount of delay would 
worry me, to be honest. So. When was the last time you went to the US? It was November last year. And what was security like? It was very tight, but um, it was all done in good spirit, and uh, it was worth the wait, to be honest. So. And what do you think about these people who are saying, this is ridiculous, we don't need to wait an extra hour, uh, we're safe enough as we are? What do you think about those people? Well, to be honest, safety is paramount, and I think you need to do the safety check, so I don't think people could complain, really, so... Part and parcel of life these days. I think it is, yeah. You've just got to go with the flow. If you want to travel to the US, then you will have to expect these delays and stuff like that. But it is for the safety of the passengers and the crew. So it's got to be worthwhile. Now, here's Tony, who's just arrived back in the UK from Bulgaria. When you were at Bulgaria, you were thoroughly searched. Tell us what they did to you out there. Well, thoroughly searched. Uh, first of all, down the sides, down my legs, right between my legs, then turn around, down my back down my <coughs> shorts, down my underpants. They actually sure. had their hands down yeah. your underpants? They had a hand down my underpants, yeah, to make sure there was nothing there. Did they give you a reason for that no. security check? No, no, none at all. None at all. did that put you off? No, no. Why should it? They're doing the job. It's their job to do this. Yeah. They, they don't do it for fun. No, no, no. So Ian's talking this morning about would it put you off having to wait an extra hour or two at an airport? I presume after what you've been through, what you're saying, it, it wouldn't put you off. You just want to be safe. I want to be safe. Exactly. want to be safe. That's most an ultimate thing. If it's half a day, as long as I don't miss the aeroplane, I'm not right bothered. It's worth it. Why can an aeroplane be worried for, say, seven, eight, nine, ten hours on an aircraft? And just lastly, what do you think about these people who are saying... This is ridiculous. They're moaning about it. I spoke to a man who works at a UK airport earlier on who said to me that when he works at the airport, he's got a badge on. People take it out on him. Uh, are these people just stupid? Yes. Absolutely ridiculous. Why, why, what's the matter with them? What is the matter with them? I don't know. They might want to commit suicide themselves. I'm not interested. All I'm interested in is my safety, my family's safety. And we on the aircraft. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about... Mm. If, if it takes half a day to get through, yeah, it's a pain. If you've got kids, it's going to be really, really tricky. But mm. you'll be safer. It's all about being safe. And you were talking earlier on about uh, whether there's going to be extra security checks in place here at Luton Airport. That man flying back in to Luton Airport this morning, he was thoroughly searched. It sounded very intense. Um, he flew in this very morning. Intense, very yes. intense. So, so, so maybe that would suggest that the extra security checks are in place, not just for, for for the flights going to America to and from Heathrow and Gatwick, but also coming into airports such as Luton. If someone wants to uh, put their hands down my pants, they're more than welcome. Kath, I don't know. Okay, right. That's it. Okay. Oh eight four five nine four double five five or five. Probably a little bit late to uh, give me a call now, but uh, I know JVS is asking: Is airport security too tight or too lax in your experience? Nyla's uh, in Aylesbury. Morning, Nyla. Hi, morning. Morning, Nyla. What would you like to say? I just want to say um, I just wanted to give my opinion. I'm a, I'm a British Pakistani myself, um, and I just wanted to kind of give my opinion, which is I just find it completely ridiculous that people get offended that they have to have um, extra checks done, um, and it's just that I just. It's, it's very, very, it's a weird thing because if something's going to happen, then it's going to happen to everyone. So um, I think everybody should just, you know, should understand there's a real risk out there. We know it, we've seen it. There's, there's nothing to be offended by. I mean, the airport, it's not a place of worship and it's not a place, you know, where, you know, we have, you know, it's not the House of Commons where we can have um, political correctness. It's a, it's a security issue. And it's just, yeah. 
Nyla, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Just the time is kind of short. What about as someone suggested? Sikh gentlemen who wear turbans should their turbans be removed to see what's underneath? People who are wearing the full uh, face veil should should they be forced to to take that off when they're going through security? How far do we take this? I think I think they should have it. I think they should take it off. Um, I'm really sorry, but the reason is is because it's a security check. The purpose of it is to make sure that you know there's not nothing being carried on board. That's the purpose of it. I don't think there's any room for being offended by this. I mean, of course, you can accommodate those um, things, like you suggested, um, or you say that you know you couldn't take them to the side. And if somebody is travelling, and um, I know loads of Sikh friends, and I know how long it takes to do the turban, but um, unfortunately, it's, it's more important to make sure that we have um, you know we're showing that our our borders are strong, our security forces are doing what they, what, what they need to, and, and we're secure. I think that's far more important um, and than anybody. And I think people shouldn't get offended. Um, we should we should facilitate it. We should we should have like um, you know a room where people can go and you know have this check and um, maybe arrange for um, better um, security checks for people who have um, you know extra items of clothing. But um, in, in all honesty, I just don't understand why people get offended by it, and because we all need it, we all need to feel secure. Nyla, when was the last time you went to Pakistan? Um, I've been um, 2006, I believe. Um, you know, so I have been. After. I, yeah. I, 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 I was the last time I went to Pakistan. The only time I went to Pakistan was, uh, oh my gosh, it was seventeen years ago. You could still smoke right. on aeroplanes. What is <laughs> what was what was the airport security like in Pakistan last time you were there? I think I'll be honest. They're okay to women that don't wear, um, you know, extra items of clothing. I yeah. think it's my husband. He's had a, he's had a hard time. He's had a hard, had a hard time regardless of where he's going to Pakistan or back America, for instance. And um, you know, they, they, they do they do um, you know take his side with his name. Yeah. He can't doesn't help. But the thing is, he's never got offended because you know we, we've got kids. We just you know. We, we, we and when know you're coming when you were coming back from Pakistan, what what are the checks like actually in Pakistan airports? Um, not very much, I think. Yeah. I don't think there's any. They don't, yeah, they don't have any. Just, wow. uh, yeah, they don't have any checks. So, um, There'll be people I, listening to that who are a little bit um, uh, worried that, 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 that uh, Pakistan airports don't have any significant checks on people. That is worrying. Yeah. That is worrying. We're, we're probably not having the checks that we need to from the other side. Yeah, that, that probably... No, I've got to end it there. Thank you so much for your call. Do, if you call again, try and call a bit earlier so we can speak for longer. Lorraine says... Um, the box is at Gatwick. The box that blows the air on you is at Gatwick. It's a particle sniffer. You step in, it goes... Whoosh, whoosh. It's checking to see if you've got bomb dust on. Yeah, I know. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford, there are queues on the Bromham Road in both directions at the Shakespeare Road where the temporary traffic lights are for roadworks. We've had a call from Mr Dahl who says that there are delays of up to an hour to get through the lights at the moment. Things still looking very heavy on the A1M southbound. Queues between Junction 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage. Uh, These delays may all be because of the Sonosphere Festival where there are restrictions in place at Junction 7 for Stevenage in both directions to manage the traffic until Monday. On public transport, First Capital Connect and Southern Rail. At St Albans, there may be delays after an earlier signalling problem. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, excellent stuff as always. Thank you very much. Right, that's it. That's your lot. We're sticking around after the show. You're not invited. It's a private party. We're going to record the links for this week's podcast. They only stay up online for 30 days, so you've only got four days, I think, to uh, download the episode where I totally pwn Matt Allwright's own from uh, Rogue Traders. It was embarrassing for him. 
Poor fella. Javis is up next. We'll be back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, is airport security too tight or too lax in your experience? Security is being...